Can you imagine somebody in Pittsburgh not knowing the offensive lineman? Oh, yeah. Yes. Really? I don't know that I could name all five of them now. I think God. I could get three out of five right now, I bet. God, I feel oh, like... You could do better than Fire it off left to right. Okay. Wait, left to... Let me just... I'm just going to go in no particular order. Uh, DeCastro, Pouncey, uh, Villanueva, and then it starts to get a little shifty from there. Uh, the gray area. <laughs> I know this is wrong, Something but I'm just going to go with Ramon Foster because I know. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? He's still on there? Okay. Um, let's see. Marvell Smith. No. <laughs> and Alan Fanica, obviously, is yeah. still on the team. So. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Well, I mean, you'd be forgiven for not know- knowing what's going on if you were uh, just uh, away on vacation for a week. And if I told you, Josh Dobbs is your number two quarterback, James Conner. Number one running back going into week one. You'd think it was week five of the preseason. <laughs> Not week one of that the NFL. That can't be right. But uh, goofy things happening with the release of Landry Jones. Mike Pursuit will have more on that coming up. It's week one of the NFL season here on your home of the Steelers, 102.5 DVE. We're super psyched about it. I think more people mention that to me than Le'Veon Bell's holdout. Which is a much bigger deal. Everybody's like, oh my god, can you believe it got Landry Jones? Yeah. It uh, it was fun to watch social media explode over that, over the weekend, and uh, no matter what you thought one way or another, it uh, it happened. I'm totally surprised by it. Uh, all, all I did, I put out one tweet that was a statement of fact, and it was like being slapped around. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, for oh, like man. 24 hours over the weekend. I just mentioned Ben's not going to like this because he publicly lobbied for Landry for this reason. He said it was nice to have the separate set of veteran eyes when he right. came off the field. That was something the quarterback said. Everybody went nuts. Excuse me. Josh Dobbs is a freaking rocket scientist. <laughs> I think he can figure out a cover, too. To which I just kept saying, counterpoint, Elon Musk doesn't know crap about football. <laughs> you can be really smart at one thing and not necessarily the other. That's not to say Josh Dobbs isn't great. And Well, it, it, unless Josh Dobbs calls him a pedo guy on the way out, I think he's... <laughs> he'll be all right. I agree with you. I think, I think it's... Uh, I, I was shocked that the Steelers did it. Shocked. Because it's more of like a, I don't know, a Raiders type of move. Like a, there's some risk involved. But, um... Well, I think the Raiders kind of outdid us, don't you? Oh, they went ahead and did. Yes, they did. We'll have more on that coming up. The Khalil Mack trade. The NFL has just been crazy this they week. Cut Martavis. It's just nuts. More on that coming up. Val's got news now. What's up, Valerie? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. 11. It's 71 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. NBC News Chairman Andy Lack is responding to allegations that the network tried to stop Ronan Farrow's reporting on Harvey Weinstein. Lack said in a staff memo that claims NBC interfered with Farrow's investigation into the movie Mogul are baseless speculation. He also said he was ordered not to run Farrow's story on Weinstein because it was not ready for airing. Former NBC News producer Rich McHugh told the New York Times last week the network tried to stop him and Farrow from interviewing a woman with a credible rape allegation against Weinstein in 2017. 
Farrow won a Pulitzer Prize earlier this year for his stories about Weinstein, who has been accused of sexual misconduct and rape by multiple women since last October. And Kevin Spacey's House of Cards co-star Robin Wright says she believes he deserves a second chance. She just said in an interview when asked about him, she believes everybody has the ability to reform and grow. Spacey was accused of sexual misconduct by multiple men late last year. Wright says she has not spoken to him since. Netflix uh, Netflix replaced him in the sixth and final season of House of Cards, which comes out in November. The Allegheny County Jail is on lockdown after nearly a dozen employees became sick from an unknown odor or substance over the weekend. It happened Sunday night with nine corrections officers and two medical staff members taken to the hospital for evaluation. All 11 have been released. Last week, state prisons across the Commonwealth went into lockdown after a substance believed to be synthetic marijuana sickened more than 30 people. California man expected in court today after allegedly dumping urine onto a neighbor's SUV. James Pearson of Thousand Oaks was caught in surveillance video pouring a lot of urine on a 72-year-old man's car for some reason. A motive has not been made clear. The saving this up. <laughs> the SUV's owner says the urine leaked into the interior, causing about $2,000 worth of damage. And he hasn't been able to totally clean the vehicle out. The 55-year-old Pearson was arrested at home after being identified on a security camera videotape of the vandalism. It was, when you say a lot of urine. I'm guessing more than one sitting. Yeah. Yeah. It's the urine bucket challenge. You guys haven't heard of it? (laughs) It's to raise awareness of muscular dystrophy. Uh, Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. There are reports a new ACDC album will include rhythm guitar by late band co-founder Malcolm Young. According to a recent Facebook post, quote-unquote reliable sources say Angus is working on a new album dedicated to his brother Malcolm. Apparently prior to the release of the 2015 album Black Ice, the brothers wrote hundreds of songs, many of them recorded and put away until now. Angus is reportedly in the studio recording and mixing with bandmates Phil Rudd, Cliff Williams, and Brian Johnson on vocals. Roseanne Barr says she'll be in Israel when the reboot of her hit show airs this fall. The Connors Without Barr premieres October 6th on ABC. The network canceled the reboot of Roseanne earlier this year after Barr posted a racially tinged tweet about former Obama administration aide Valerie Jarrett. Barr has since apologized. She said in a recent podcast with Rabbi Shmuley Boteyak. That's a great podcast. That uh, she'll be going to Israel to study with her favorite teachers, and she plans on uh, moving to the Jewish state. Barr said she wishes no ill will with anyone associated with the new show. Forecast today. Shmuley is what you're referring to. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Yeah, pardon my rabbi. <laughs> uh, hot and humid. Uh, slight chance of rain this afternoon. Temperatures around 90, but heat index close to 100 today. It is 72 at DVE. Brutal heat, but it matters not. Four. The NFL season is upon us. And how do I know that it's time for regular season football? Because Charlie Batts continued the tradition live on television during the last preseason game for the Steelers last Thursday night. While taking on the Carolina Panthers, of course, during Ribfest, which is the tradition here in Pittsburgh. Edmund Nelson, years ago, setting the tone. By eating ribs for the entire second half of the of the football game. <laughs> on live TV. On live television. So we've asked Charlie 
since he took over for Edmund to continue the tradition. And I'll tell you one person who wants me to watch the ETs, Randy Bauman. I know you're at home right now. I'm a smash these just for you. Yeah. Thank you, Charlie. I'm a smash these. Some traditions are just too strong to let go by the wayside. You have to uphold them. And you pass it down from generation to generation. I'm going to smash these just for you. Thanks, Charlie. I'm going to smash this just for you right now. DV Morning Show, Randy Bauman, along with Val Porter, Bill Crawford, Mike Pursuta will be with your sports in uh, in just a little bit. And uh, lots to get to today. So much to get to. Uh, we would be remiss if we did not wish a speedy recovery to our friend Rick Seaback. Yeah. Rick having a, uh, a bit of a fall. And uh, had a oh, bad bad injury. He tore uh, he tore the tendons or his quad muscle basically kind of ripped the tendons uh, from it and needs to be wow. surgically reattached. And is he going to be ready for Cleveland? No, Rick Seaback is out this week. Oh no! Yes, and with enjoying the food though in the hospital, he's he has been keeping a log of all the food they're bringing him <laughs> on social media. And he makes it look lovely. And, yeah, you know, it looks Montefiore delicious. looks like they have some some lovely culinary choices for for people who are laid up there for a week or so. Do you think he's rearranging them once he gets them, or is it is it just nice uh, a nicer selection than most hospitals? No, I I, th- I just think it's a nicer selection. I, I'm not sure. I mean, he has a, a flair for making those things look uh, attractive. Uh, the way he injured himself, uh, tragic circumstances, of course. He was uh, walking on the wet wood of the Thunderbolt early one morning, <laughs> getting ready to check it for its safety before the public could come in, and he slipped on the wet wood, which was like ice. Thank- <laughs> thankfully, uh, Brian, okay. Brian was there, and, uh, and he asked him, he was all right, Seaback. <laughs> you all right, Seaback? Yeah. Sure you're all right? <laughs> no. No, actually. Call a hospital. <laughs> Give me an ambulance. Poor Rick. He'll be fine. Will the Steelers be fine? A, I, the Landry Jones news really shocked me. It just doesn't seem like something that they were going to do. I feel bad for him. What's he going to do now? Landry Jones, I don't feel bad for him. He'll be okay. Yeah, he'll be fine. I feel great for Dobbs. Yeah. I'm happy for him. He had a great game last Thursday. Apparently, they know what Landry can do, and they just decided, let's play Dobbs, because they didn't give Landry crap for time in the preseason, right? No. I think it just played out that way in other parts of the lineup, too. You know, like Mm -hmm. we needed depth at other positions more than the quarterback. It just surprised me because he only played against backups. I don't know. It'll be interesting to hear what Mike has to say. Again, I don't think Seven's going to be psyched about this or wouldn't have been right away. I could be wrong about that, but he did publicly lobby for Landry during camp. But something tells me that was more geared at Mason than it was at Dobbs. Yeah. If Mason was number two, then maybe we would have, which is what I assumed, by the way, when Dobbs got uh, the job over Landry, I thought that meant Mason was going to be your number two quarterback. Right. So what do I know? I Mike's know, got a full- Ben's got a lot this offseason. He can, he can deal. Oh. They got rid of Todd Haley. They promoted yeah. his guy. Oh, yeah. That's true. Come on. <laughs> he got, he got Feekner. He lost Landry. Michael have the full report on the Steelers as they get set for week one with or without Le'Veon Bell. Sports next on DVE. DVE Sports. Mike pursued it with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. 
Sports This Hour brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. The Steelers started getting ready for the Cleveland Browns yesterday, but the big news continues to be who isn't there. Le'Veon Bell not showing up for the Monday practice. Does that mean he's not coming Wednesday? Well, who knows? Stay tuned, I guess, on Le'Veon Bell. Kevin Colbert breaking out the disappointed statement. You know, they have that. <laughs> they have a the bunch of those printed out with a blank line. We are disappointed that. And then they yes. just write in, Martavis is an idiot. Uh, <laughs> uh, Eli did right. this. Uh, Le'Veon <laughs> didn't show up. Uh, Steelers Mad Libs. Yeah. They, Give uh, me one of those Martavis is an idiot memos. Just <laughs> cross out Martavis. Yeah. Do the search and replace Bryant with right. Bell, and, and you're good. Um, no Andrew Jones either. You guys kicking that around before the break. That, to me, remains the development of the cutdown to 53. I was uh, super surprised by that, Mike. Not that they kept Josh Dobbs. I was banging the drum Thursday and Friday last week that he should be on the team, but I thought they we should. We all were, yeah. I thought they should find a way to make four quarterbacks work, and they have opted not to do that. Uh, Josh Dobbs is the backup. Mason Rudolph's number three, and Landry Jones is out of here. Uh, with Landry Jones out of here, Ben Roethlisberger has lost not just his backup from the last couple of years, but a confidant. This was Roethlisberger talking about the value of Landry Jones before the Steelers left St. Vincent College. You know, it's a guy that um, obviously can can play, can come in, can get you out of a game, can start a game. Um, someone that I trust, if I ask a question, he's going to know the answer. You know, hey, Landry, what was that covered? What did you see? What I may be looking left, and I'll ask him what happened on the right side, and, and I trust what he's going to tell me. I pointed that out on Twitter. Merely a statement of fact, Ben might not like this move with Landry because he publicly lobbied for him by saying how valuable he was during camp. And people said, please, Josh Dobbs is a rocket scientist. I, okay. I'm sure he, that's what I said. I, Fine. I, how does that help against right. the Browns? Yeah. If we need to launch an attack. <laughs> yeah. Can he build a drone and go uh, <laughs> spy practice? Probably good. I just kept saying, counterpoint, Elon yeah. Musk doesn't know anything about football. Counterpoint, Robin o- Robert Oppenheimer couldn't read a defense. Being a great scientist is one thing. Doesn't Being be, yeah. a veteran quarterback in the NFL is another. And if you just look at it from the perspective, again, I thought Dobbs was definitely worth keeping because of how far he came this year and and his remaining potential quarterback position. You don't just throw guys away that have a chance because they're hard to find. So keep as many good ones as you can. Uh, You got Zach Banner on this team as an offensive tackle, a guy they picked up midway through camp. Is he related to David? He's as big as as a mountain, but he's bounced around already. He's, you know, Daniel McCullers, what's he going to give you this year? Marcus Allen is on the roster. Oh, I thought Daniel McCullers was going to be our big star, remember? Everybody went crazy about him in week two. LJ Fort and Tyler Matakiewicz are on the roster. Do you really need both of those guys? Until Ola gets healthy, maybe. Uh, Darius Hayward Bay is on the roster. How many passes is he going to catch for? Again, a lot of these guys are special teams contributors, but if you have good young players, can you not teach them to play special teams? If Matthew Thomas is all that an inside linebacker, and I think he is, can he not play special teams at 6'3 and 230 and runs like a deer? Um, this is a very curious move to me. Uh, I bet it surprised Ben, and uh, based on uh, the conversation I had with Landry Jones after the Green Bay game in the preseason when he did not play, I'll bet Landry Jones was surprised. 
It has been. I haven't got that many, as much opportunities as I've I've been used to, but it's been good. It's been great. Do you think that's because they know who you are and you are solid in your spot? I would hope so. If I don't have it by now, at least the majority of it, then I shouldn't be here. Do you feel like you got number two? Oh, man. You came here as number two. You are now cemented as number two. I would hope so. You know, if you can play those games with yourself all the time and... I would think I would, but I just you just really don't know. I think you always have a little bit of uncertainty until, like, at Saturday at 4 o'clock, whenever they have to turn those rosters in, there's always that little piece of, do I really, did I do enough? You know, did I, did I show enough that I'm, I'm still capable of the backup? Because, like you said, every year they're going to bring in someone else. And this year they went with someone else. Josh Dobbs uh, really played well, as we talked about in the spring, throughout the preseason, and particularly in that last game against Carolina. Uh, What really stuck out to me in that one was his ability to use his legs to extend the play and then still throw the ball. He wasn't Mm -hmm. just dropping back there, and "Uh uh-oh, it's breaking down, my first read's not there, whatever, better take off running. He escaped the rush and kept his eyes downfield and found guys. And sometimes they dropped the ball. His numbers could have been better, and they were pretty good. Uh, It's not so much who he was doing it against, it's what he was doing and how he was doing it that really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. He's a keeper, but I just number two right now. I don't know about that one. I'm surprised I, I, he jumped all the way to number two. I and I mean Rudolph's clearly not ready, and he's also clearly a guy of vast potential. You just drafted him; he's a rookie. You're not going to get rid of him. That's that would. Yeah, and I was the in the Jeremy ridiculous. Fowler camp that, that I thought that by cutting Landry, that must have meant they were ready for Mason at number two, and that saw stuff that I didn't see because I didn't think Dobbs was ready for number two. Yeah, well, he might not be either, but uh, he thinks someday hmm. he's going to be in number one. Uh, he talked after that uh, preseason finale about how uh, his confidence has not improved at all in the time he's been here, or his outlook has not improved at all because he's he's been pretty high on himself all along. No, not at all. Not at all. I know um, it'll all work out. I love this game. I'll leave it all out for this game. So um, I'll be a starting quarterback. No worries. I'll be a starting quarterback. Well, you knew Landry. closer now than he was. Mike, wasn't the conventional wisdom that no matter what, Landry was a stopgap to get them through this season as the backup, and then next season he's gone anyways? Because his contract's up. Right. You don't know if he's going to resign here, how expensive it's going to be, if he would want to pursue a starting opportunity, if Rudolph or another young guy would be ready to be number two by then. So you're not going to give up Dobbs to keep him for a season. So cut McCullers and keep Dobbs. And if, you know, the fourth guy doesn't get a lot of work, oh well. He's still going to the meetings, he's still around. You can throw with receivers after practice. Uh, You're here, you're on the team, you're involved, you're progressing that way. I totally agree with you. Dan McCullers, to me, just stands out as a, why is he on this team? (laughs) Well, hold on. Everybody said he was uh, in week two of the preseason, Mike. He was going to be our uh, knight in shining armor. Zach Banner, Marcus Allen, LJ Fort, Tyler Matikiewicz, Darius Hayward Bay. All these guys eminently replaceable. Well, Landry's still floating around out there, and given the time in which he was released... You'd think most teams were kind of set on their one-two. Yes. So he's yeah. N- no, I imagine he's the top of the short list guys now. When when the somebody gets hurt, yeah, he'll, as soon as somebody gets hurt, he'll get a phone call. And it's the way it works. Well, I'm saying the Steelers could could remedy this still. 
Well, I don't think they think they made a mistake. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that's the way they're looking. At. I think they're <laughs> go. But I would, I would do everything I could to support my franchise quarterback, who is my best player and my most important player, and the guy upon whom it depends more than yes. any other. Particularly and, with the All-Pro running back still floating around in the ether. But somewhere. what is it about Steeler fans who are they don't want Ben to have what he wants? Yeah, why would you? Why would you support that guy as much as they, possible? Steeler fans think Ben's a baby. Maybe he, harder. Maybe this will push him a little bit yeah. more than Landry did, as if he needed to be pushed. I just think there's this fundamental misunderstanding where they think these guys are just in high school or something. These guys are at, uh, elite at the top of their game. The counterpoint to all this is uh, the Patriots emptied out the backup bin last year behind Brady, and that didn't seem to hurt him. Ben's just yeah, got to stay healthy. Because they have to play those guys. <laughs> also, Brady hated those guys. There's a difference when the quarterback... He orchestrated w- He wants it. those guys out. Right. Totally different. That's capitulating to the the wants of your uh, yeah, team I leader. You do that to a large You're degree to. with quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. I mean... I'm shocked by it for, for that reason. I think this is the best possible outcome that could have come for Landry, though, because he, in my mind was one of the most hated backup quarterbacks ever in Steelers history. Unquestionably. People were just pissed that we picked a quarterback then and never forgave him for that. Yeah, usually the backup guy's popular. Josh Dobbs wasn't popular until the Carolina game. Yeah. And it wasn't just the Carolina game. I know that's not what got him the job. I'm yeah. telling you, that's when the fans decided But he, that was Barabbas. That was a, mm-hmm. an attention-grabbing performance on his part to close it off. Against yeah. second teamers, uh, third teamers. It's a bunch of guys who probably got cut. I didn't yeah. uh, double back and check Carolina's cuts, but mm-hmm. he, he understands how to play that position now. He did not a year ago. I'm not saying that he doesn't. I'm saying that it didn't seem like there was a lot of tape on him. It seemed to me the safe, conservative mood or, or, or move rather here would have been to keep Landry and then figure out what to do with Josh Dobbs. I would have kept Josh Dobbs and gotten rid of uh, either Daniel Daniel McCullers <laughs> or uh, Zach Banner or Marcus Allen or L.J. Ford or Tyler Matakiewicz or Darius Hayward. Marcus Bay. Allen. There's a guy that now he's, he's got way it. too old. He has a yeah. tremendous physical skill set. He hasn't practiced a whole lot. He hasn't done a whole lot when he's been out there. I, I'm pretty sure that's a guy they could have slid through and got back on the practice squad. If anything, this was worth it just to watch Mark Madden melt down over a holiday weekend for three straight days on Twitter. <laughs> because he basically guaranteed the Steelers weren't cutting Landry. Yeah. So that made it worth it for me. That's a guarantee, Mike. Mike's uh, sports uh, <laughs> buttressed by the appearance of Gene Steratore next hour. We're going to be talking How about Gino? With the, uh, former to the show. NFL referee. He'll be Ooh. a weekly guest. Good season to get that guy. That's right. Zebra talk. Coming up. Is that what we're called it? I don't know. I just said that now, but why not? Uh, also, we'll talk with uh, Billy Gardell later this morning. And uh, how about this? Reggie Watkins from Steel Town Horns. He'll be on the show at 715. Pittsburgh musician. He was handpicked to be a part of Aretha Franklin's, the orchestra that played her funeral. Wow. Pretty cool. So we'll ask him about that uh, once-in-a-lifetime event. Also, the one and only Cam Hayward coming up 845 here on DVD. It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Val Porter will have your news coming up at the top of the hour.
Uh, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about doctors who had to invent a tool to remove something from somewhere it shouldn't have been. <laughs> yeah. a, a one in a million. One in a million shot, Doc. It is football season. None of that preseason crap anymore. Kids are back at school. It's regular season. And that means week one of the NFL. Right here on DVE, the Steelers head to Cleveland to take on the Browns with or without Le'Veon Bell. It's the start of the 2018 regular season, and that's a 1 o'clock game this Sunday. Thank God. Just feels so right. Refreshing. Yes. Although I'm not yet into it, as excited as I was for the preseason to end. (laughs) Yesterday I was thinking, let's see, I don't have to work next weekend, and I can get all this done. I'm like, what? There's a Steeler game at 1 o'clock on Sunday. What am I thinking? Yeah. Put Final out. episode of Hard Knocks tonight. All the cuts. Meanwhile, That'll the, be a fun game to watch. The Steelers soap opera continues. So you'll get to see about their opponent tonight on Hard Knocks. <laughs> but who knows how much more unraveling will occur within the Steelers organization if it is indeed unraveling. Le'Veon Bell marshalling support behind James Conner in the locker room with his absence. We'll talk with Cam Hayward about that later on this morning. 9 a.m., we start our pregame for the 1 o'clock kickoff Sunday, only here on your radio home of the Steelers, WDVE. Former NFL referee Gene Steratore will be on the show, the aforementioned Cam Hayward at 845. And we're going to talk to our friend Billy Gardell coming up at 9. Chili Peppers for you right now on your home of the Steelers. 102.5 DVE. It is the DV Morning Show, and uh, we'll be talking with Valerie here momentarily. It's 7.15, though. Reggie Watkins is going to be joining us, Pittsburgh musician. Reggie, a part of Steel Town Horns. He was called on to be a part of the orchestra for Aretha Franklin's funeral, which is an, honor. an incredible honor. So you got to Reg- be pretty good to get that call. I'm guessing Reggie is just coming in from a gig. I was surprised when we got him at 7.15 a.m. I was like, holy cow. Uh, Reggie's one of uh, the country's most respected trombonists and uh, being a Pittsburgher, he based out uh, out of the Berg and bouncing around. Right now he's playing with uh, the band Postmodern Jukebox. He's been touring with uh, that outfit for a while. Yeah. And so uh, he's going to be uh, making time to talk to us about his experience at the Aretha Franklin funeral. And uh, that that was one of the biggest spectacles I had ever seen. Hopefully he got out of there without being groped by yeah, the bishop. <laughs> Hopefully the bishop didn't <laughs> grope him. You can't go... Was it a bishop or was it just a preacher? It was a... I don't know. I don't know, but the guy the was preacher. groping her. I mean... Ariana Grande. In fr- yeah, in front of everybody. He made fun of her, then he groped her. Not stuff you do at a funeral, typically. Is he the same guy the family's pissed off at? For um, the eulogy? Probably. Sure. Yeah, he's... The, the, because not for that... From the story I read, he did an inappropriate eulogy, is what they said. Yeah, that he talked about how he black mother that, single moms can't raise kids, oh. and Aretha Franklin raised four kids on her own. And, and he said this whole eulogy is brought to you by Jimmy John's, which I was like, <laughs> come on, man! He struck his own deal. Placement in a eulogy. <laughs> Here's your Steelers report. Remember that Steelers cruise that I was gonna. Don't want to get married get on the Steelers married cruise. On? What? <laughs> well, there's a Steeler cruise, and I go, I'll it's get every married year. on that cruise. <laughs> and Randy's like, why would you do that? And I'm like, because... Why wouldn't I, I do that? I mean, I, what's a better story? I get married at Phipps Conservatory, or, uh, <laughs> you know, Franco marries us. 
I'm like, this is a way better story. But I just remember leading up to that, I think Heinz Ward was getting on the boat and he had like a pool raft. He's like, I'm. I don't know. You know, if this ship <laughs> I sinks, go I got. I'm. Pre- I'm coming prepared. I'm like, that's not going to work. That's He's good. like, I saw Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just one. Point None of them wood. brought noodles. That's why. <laughs> I'd have been. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Yeah, yeah, we do. And it's week one of the NFL season already. Can you believe it? It's here. It's 900 degrees outside, of course, and (laughs) seems like it's the middle of summer, but it's not. It's week one. Football is here. Charlie Batch continued the tradition on uh, week four of the preseason by uh, upholding, handing down the the rack of ribs from one generation to another. Edmund (laughs) passed on the rib to Charlie. And that is the signifier that it's time for a real season football. I'll tell you one person who wants me to watch the Ethies, Randy Bauman. I know you're at home right now. I'm a Smash D just for you. Yes, thank you, Charlie. This smash is an, an important tradition to uphold. I'm a Smash D just for you. Thanks, buddy. I want that on a T-shirt. I'm a Smash D just for you. <laughs> That's how we know. Now the difference, of course, Edmund would start eating them on camera and then throughout the entire second half. Yes, Bob. Rolling game is hot. And speaking of hot, <laughs> these spicy wings from Best Barbecue. By never the way, got too far away from those wings. <laughs> no, never. And uh, well, Juju was there this weekend at the Riv Fest enjoying some stuff, but uh, uh, huge crowds. Was he lit AF? He was. That is his calling card now, right? Being yep. lit. Well, le- Landry, not lit. Landry, let uh, un- go. Unlit un- up. Unbelievable. The Steelers let go of Landry Jones. Much to the delight of Steeler fans everywhere. I had no idea how many fans Josh Dobbs had. It's incredible. Steeler fans are elated over this move. I think partially because it's so un-Steelers-like. You were just... you know, told over and over and conditioned that, uh, right. you know, well, Landry is the number two guy and that is a nice steady backup. And no, he's not going to lead you to a Super Bowl, but he could be a stopgap and he's a reliable set of eyes for Ben to rely on when he comes off the field and analyze what's going on. Nope. Yoink. Josh Dobbs not only made the team, the 53-man roster, he is now number two. Incredible. For some reason, I agreed with uh, with Jeremy Fowler. I thought that that must have meant Mason Rudolph was ready because I didn't think that you right. could have based one performance against backups uh, as a litmus test for whether or not someone should be the number two quarterback. Especially when you didn't play Landry to let him fight for his job. Well, and you know, just like they said that Landry Jones, they knew what they had with Landry, so they didn't have to play him. You know, they didn't have to play him because they knew it. You know, he got cut because, well, we know we got in him. You know, it wasn't like they needed to see more from him one way or the other. We've seen all we need to see from you, Landry. Thank you. But I know Ben had to be surprised based on his comments at camp. Mike Pursuit will have more on that coming up at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk with former NFL referee Gene Steratore. It's our weekly segment we're doing with him. Zebra talk? Are we going with that? Uh, Sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, but with all of the rule changes in the Ref, NFL you? this year. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, also, Cam Hayward will be joining us at 8.45 this morning, Billy Gardell at 9, and we're going to talk with Reggie Watkins, Pittsburgh musician who took part in Aretha's funeral this past week. Val's got news for you now. What's up, Val? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. 11. It's 70... <laughs> Sorry. It's 73 degrees at DV. What was that? Hut gut. It's the hut gut. Oh. Football season. <laughs> Uh, People along the Gulf Coast are scrambling to get ready for Tropical Storm Gordon. The storm is expected to be a hurricane when it comes on shore tonight. Somewhere on the Alabama or Mississippi coast, the storm could dump a foot of rain on some areas, possibly triggering dangerous flash floods. Parts of the Florida and Louisiana coasts are under tropical storm warnings. And in local weather-related news, more than two dozen schools across the area are sending kids home early today and tomorrow due to forecasted high heat and humidity. Uh, Most of the schools letting kids go home about two hours early. Most of the schools say they will decide the night before if they'll dismiss early the next day. It's supposed to be like this all week. Well, and I'm guessing that's because they don't really have adequate air conditioning. conditioning. And you can't have kids in these 98 degree rooms because they heat up like little hot boxes sometimes. Yeah, it's just too hot. Because I know a lot of people want to be like, these kids got it so easy. We never got off or stuff like this. Well, my mom left me in a locked car with the windows up (laughs) for an entire summer, two years. (laughs) I'm not sure why I find this so entertaining, but a truckload of Axe body spray blew up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude. I was wondering what I I smelled. I just imagine the smell. A tractor well, trailer. Go down to Station Square. Never mind. A tractor trailer <laughs> carrying the load caught fire and exploded Friday morning. Cans of axe were blowing up and flying everywhere. The truck was completely destroyed. The highway had to be shut down for hours to clean up the carnage. The driver got out in time. Nobody was hurt, so that's good. Did a bunch of bros come up over the hill like, <laughs> like it was their mating call? Some just They're scratching just their back this. on a tree toxic cloud of axe body spray that's how they cleaned it up they brought a bunch of bros in who did they just rolled absorbed it (laughs) if you are someone who buys fish like at the grocery store i am you know you don't want to get the fishy fish never get the fishy fish and this would be a dead giveaway the fish might not be the freshest a grocery store in kuwait got shut down after uh, well right there just stop right there grocery store in kuwait uh, they found the other day someone was putting uh, googly eyes on the fish, <laughs> like that, like that you put on a doll or something. Well, those look pretty fresh. Uh, they were doing it to try to make them look fresher. Someone posted a picture of it with one of the eye googly eyes fell off on the fish. Oh. So there was just this cavernous, oh. like it wasn't even the real eye. Uh, It's not clear uh, clear if the store was shut down for scamming people or it was a food safety thing, but some people said they respect the creativity. They didn't think the store should get in trouble. The bad news is the health department is shutting you down. The good news is the Muppets want to hire you. (laughs) They sell it to another store. This thing won't stay glued to a plaque. How are we supposed to sell these Billy Bass? In other food news, the CDC recently looked at more than five years of stats on food poisoning and how many outbreaks there have been. They put out a definitive list of the foods most likely to get you sick. Number one on the list. Any guesses? Fish. Eggs. (laughs) No. Eggs, not number one. Chicken. Chicken. 
partly because it's we eat so much of it. Yeah. So there's more of a likelihood something's going to happen. Uh, and also, it's uh, more likely you'll get an old batch or maybe you've been served chicken that's undercooked. Oh, yeah. There's Which nothing have, more. Have you ever been in a cookout and someone gives you chicken and it's, it's undercooked? undercooked? Yeah. What do you do? You eat around it <laughs> just oh. to be polite. But it's not like, I don't know. Kind of hide seem, it under a napkin. I take a fake phone call and then leave the party. It wouldn't be rude to be like, is it possible this is underdone? Like, I know I'm picky. I don't know. Try to put it on yourself. And then it's like bleeding chicken. And they're like, that's how we eat it around here. After that on the list, it's pork, seeded vegetables like peppers and cucumbers. I don't know why specifically seeded vegetables. I wonder if they're more likely to have like porous components that like carry germs. Suck up the, mm-hmm. who knows what they're getting out there in the field. Yeah. Eggs, number four on the list. Okay. Fruit. The rest of the top 10 include leafy vegetables, beef, turkey, dairy, and fish. So pretty much everything you eat. Wait, romaine (laughs) lettuce has had had a rough year this year, didn't it? Yeah. It was like six months where you couldn't eat romaine. I don't know. I just figured if it was back on the shelf, it was safe to eat, so I bought some. I took the whole year off just to be safe. Smart. Chicken sometimes smells funky, but it's not Mm -hmm. bad. But it'll smell like it might be. It'll have like an eggy odor to it. Yeah. And then like sulfurous, or it's slimy. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. What I does always, it mean? I it just means it's chicken. Which <laughs> means I grew up different than all the other chickens. Yeah, that's right. Don't throw me out. I'm a little funky. I throw it on the grill and then determine after I cook it. Wasn't there a song, the Funky Chicken? There was. Funky it was Chicken R- Dance. Rick D's the DJ. Oh no, he had Disco Duck. Yeah. Do the Funky Chicken was Rupert, Rupert, uh, Rufus Thomas. Wow, you pulled that one and out. And the funny, well, because it's in the movie Wattstacks. He does that in the movie Wattstacks, which was the Black Woodstock that mm-hmm. happened at the L.A. Coliseum in 1970. It's a great documentary. Isn't that the documentary Isaac is in? Yes. Ted Lang is in that documentary. Uh, didn't we interview Isaac and talk about yes. that? So one part in that documentary, Rufus Thomas does the funky chicken. And the funny thing is, the, he's wearing this outfit because it was really hot. He's got like it's like a pink top. And he's wearing pink shorts with it, like matching. like short shorts. Yeah, and, but then he has white socks pulled up to his knees. Oh yeah, did so he, he have get, roller uh, <laughs> roller, no. roller skates? On? On? I mean, he was an older guy at that point, <laughs> and he calmed the crowd down. They started to rush the field, and he got everyone to leave the field just using the microphone. And he was using rhymes to make fun of everybody. And he was pointing out individual people and making rhymes to make fun of them, and the whole crowd was laughing. And then eventually, he cleared the field. He's so a hero. After he does the funky chicken, he debuted his brand new hit, which was called the Funky Penguin. <laughs> so the funky chicken goes like this: Do the funky chicken, and then this is how the uh, the funky penguin goes: Do the funky penguin. It's the exact same song. <laughs> well, maybe it's and a it just audience. changes chicken. He went to the bird well one too many times. (laughs) It's not exactly, but it it seems like it. So uh, to sum up, just be careful whatever you eat, basically. Always. It's funny because beef seems to be the one that is the most regulated, the one that you can rely on the most. Yeah, I don't know. How did you did you ha- have any cooking out this weekend for Labor Day uh, weekend or was yeah, it? Yeah, but or you're like, like me, your house is torn apart. It's yeah, hard to do anything. Yeah, like Saturday I did. Yeah, you know hamburgers and hot dogs just for the weekend. So good. 
So good. I, I got a I got a pretty bloody hamburger, and I was like, "Oh, can I just microwave it?" Was it cold? Is there a chance this might be undercooked? Yeah. <laughs> can you put it back on with the chicken? at a cookout? It was, yeah, I I wanted to sneak yeah. into the kitchen and then just microwave it because I felt like that would have <laughs> zapped all. Yeah. The, Take care of any germs in there. They just splatter like hamburger juice all over their microwave. <laughs> I probably should have just got salmonella, huh? Sorry. <laughs> Catch you boiling the burgers, huh? <laughs> what? No, I just had to go to the bathroom and figured, why not? I'm Irish. <laughs> uh, we've talked often on the show about airplane travel. According to a new st- study, one out of 50 people say they have fallen in love with someone they randomly met on an airplane. That's uh, 2% of people, so not a whole lot. But uh, Remember this- the airplane bays that met like they were like two incredibly attractive people yeah. that found love? On an airplane? Yeah, that, that story didn't year. do anything to me because when super good looking people, they, they're they going to find it. Yeah, no I assume what. that happens every weekend. The uh, yeah. study also found that one in seven people have made a, quote, lasting friendship on a flight. One in six have made a business connection. I mean, if Scottie Pippen found love on a plane, then I'd be impressed. <laughs> uh, anything for a hit, an A&R woman story of surviving the music industry by Dorothy Caravello comes out tomorrow. Caravello, who got her start in the biz as secretary to Atlantic Records co-founder Ahmet Erdogan, portrays the late music mogul as an abusive sexual harasser. Erdogan died in 2006 following a backstage fall at a Rolling Stones concert. That book comes out tomorrow. Forecast today, another hot and humid day and a slight chance of a shower thunderstorm. Temperatures in the low 90s. Heat index hitting around 100 today at 74 at DVE. This is from uh, the Aretha Franklin funeral this past Friday, I believe. This was Ariana Grande doing this version of Natural Woman. You hear the horns kicking in there in the background. Joining us right now, a member of that horn section of the Aretha Franklin Orchestra that performed at her funeral, Pittsburgh's own Reggie Watkins. Reggie, what's up, man? Good morning. Hey, good morning, you guys. How are you? Good. Dude, This, I, I am so happy for you to have had this honor to have been one of the members selected to play at Aretha Franklin's funeral. Tell me about how this all went down. What, on the, first of all, uh, on the list of career achievements, this has, this has to be right up there in, in terms of notches in your belt, right? Definitely. Definitely at the top of the list. I mean, the, the cast of famous people that were there was staggering, you know. Um, in music, politics. You know, some of the clergy that were there. I mean, right just in front of me, I had, um, let me see, from right to left, I had Louis Farrakhan, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, Bill Clinton, T.D. Jakes. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable, you yeah. know. That's nuts. So, and you had a so, prominent seat, dude. You were like. I know it. You were right in the middle. Yeah. That's the way it worked out. That's right. So how did this happen? How did you get the call? What were the circumstances in which you were were chosen to be a part well, of this I mean, illustrious I've been, ensemble? I've been working at this music career thing for many years, and uh, you know it's and I've I've done a lot of work in Motown with different bands, including the Temptations and the OJ's, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have some connections there, and um, and you know when it when Aretha passed away, they called my good friend Kenny Robinson. To contract uh, the orchestra, and and I was on the list for that. So, um, 
so of course when he asked it was a no-brainer it was like, yeah. yeah definitely gonna go and do this now this was a 10-hour funeral uh, I'm no no rehearsal you show up and they just give you charts right well we actually we actually rehearsed on Thursday oh, okay they had, they had we rehearsed on Thursday for about five hours showed up to the church just before eight o'clock and walked out of there at seven o'clock in the evening oh man now, yeah. I, now I'm imagining that everybody's love of Aretha pl- played a big part in this. Did were musicians donating their time, or were were you getting paid scale, or what? What happened there? Everybody donated their time. Yeah, there was. I mean, everybody donated their time. This was like, you know, it's um, this is our queen. You know, it's mm-hmm. queen of soul. So, you know, this was not the not the time for for you know to people to further their careers or or anything like that. So, um, it was. You know, you go there as a professional musician, but then you realize you're just there in church with her family and everything, and and uh, it's just a profound, profound moment in time. Had you worked with Aretha ever? I have several times. Yep, I've worked with Aretha. I remember recently I did the Ohio State Fair a couple of years ago. I'd done, um, we did a private party for her at the, the Greek Casino in Detroit, which is a couple of the last ones that we did. Oh, that is so cool. Reggie, yeah, of course, from uh, Steel Town Horns. Also, you're on tour with uh, Postmodern Jukebox right now, correct? Yeah, I actually fly out tonight. i got to go to Nashville and start a tour with them. But, um, you know, we continue to, to chip away at the local music scene. You yeah. Know? Um, so, you know, that's one of the things that we want to do is build up the local music scene. So I like to take what I've learned out in the world playing with these different artists and bring it back. So, you know, I want to always encourage people that, Whatever, if you're going to go and hear some big show at Stage AE or out at, you know, um, one of these big venues, maybe take the time to also go and, and hear something local and support the local scene because we're out there trying to do it. Oh, no doubt about it. And yeah. Any, anybody who's seen Reggie and Steel Town Horns and, uh, uh, around town can speak to his bona fides. I know that when the local guys talk about you, it's with this great <laughs> reverence, and they're all just they're so happy that, you're, that you are not like some prima donna and that you do, <laughs> uh, you know, lend a, lend a hand or uh, a word here and there. Well, just we a little can't encouragement. like that. We're from Pittsburgh, you know. We, yeah. don't, we, don't, we don't see ourselves that way. I used to live in Austin, Texas for a few years, and that's a great city, but, you know, my wife and I decided to come back because of the way people are here, you mm-hmm. know. So I, it's, it's kind of like our duty to take our experiences and, and bring them to life here with our people in Pittsburgh. Right. So what you were know? some of the performances at the Aretha funeral that touched you? Well, you know, that was a display of the best of gospel music. And, like, for one of the best, I keep thinking about the Clark sisters. If you're not familiar with the Clark sisters, check them out. They really just blew us away. And, of course, um, there was a really nice moment with Ron Isley, Mm. um, you know, uh, and and closing the funeral with Stevie Wonder. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, And those are just a handful of experiences. I mean, it was all great, you know. And um, but uh, of course the Stevie Wonder that Stevie Wonder end was was just amazing. And had you played with him before? I had not played with Stevie. I was I was around Stevie some. Um, we were touring in Brazil with Jason Mraz, opening for Stevie for several shows four four or five years ago. Uh-huh. Um, so I was getting to hear Stevie every night from side of stage and seeing them backstage and whatnot. But you see these guys like Stevie Wonder, their security detail. Is bigger than Bill Clinton. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's true. You can you can see 
and that's another thing you could see at the funeral was kind of how the security interacted with the people that they were looking out for and everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, but um, yeah, so that's it was, it was it was amazing to actually get to play with him and not and not just not just hear him play. So the uh, the Aretha Franklin funeral, Stevie's probably the next person who will receive the same sort of uh, outstanding. Uh, attended funeral and memorial yeah. service. You know, I can't think of another contemporary musician or anybody who's still around who is going to garner as much praise as Aretha did. I mean, that was kind of a once in a lifetime thing. There, she's sort of peerless. Yeah, I think you're right to kind of as, as far as who's comparable would be Stevie. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, both uh, Detroit people, people from yeah. the Motown scene. Mm. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's she's kind of in a class of her own. She's definitely in a class of her own. Um, outside of Stevie, I can't think of too many other people up there. Well, Reggie Watkins from Steel Town Horns, he was uh, part of the Aretha Franklin funeral and we're sitting right, I mean, right in the center, man. Great uh, <laughs> vantage point of everything that went on there. And thanks for representing Pittsburgh at one of the seminal moments in the, in the history of music there. That was great stuff. Congrats, Reg. You got it, and thank you for your time. Okay, man. Talk to you. Okay, safe travels. That's Reggie Watkins from Steel Town Horns. I mean, he's played That's with... That's the coolest. Reggie's played with everybody. Everybody. And he knows all these local dudes. Like, they all look up to Reggie. And Steel Town Horns, who are badass! So I heard he was at the funeral. I was like, no way! What an unbelievable honor. Imagine putting together that many musicians and nobody asks for a penny. Mm-hmm. Levy on Bell probably would not play Aretha Franklin's funeral. <laughs> it's just a guess. Going to hold out. Although, since there was a bar for musical integrity, he wouldn't have gotten invited <laughs> in the first place. But make no mistake about it, the Steelers got themselves a situation. The soap opera continues. It's week one of the 2018 season. Or is it week 19 of the 2017 season? Is it a continuation Drama at backup quarterback. A starting running back who refuses to report <laughs> yet again. Mike Prasuda gets you ready for week one when we come back, and there is no shortage of things to talk about in Steeler Land. Sports next on your home of the black and gold. 102.5 DVE.com. DVE Sports. Yeah, Mike Pursuta with your sports right now. It's week one of the NFL season and a little bit of a shockwave sent through Steeler Nation this weekend when it was learned Landry Jones got cut and Josh Dobbs named your number two quarterback for the Steelers. This was surprising to me, but I was more surprised that Steeler fans seemed to be, by and large, thrilled with this development. I don't think Steelers fans have ever appreciated Landry Jones. and uh, Quite the opposite. He's not Burt Jones, but as backups <laughs> go, I thought he was pretty good. And uh, we shall see what Josh Dobbs brings to the table as number two. Uh, the good news, Josh Dobbs uh, emerged from this offseason and this preseason feeling like an NFL quarterback, not like a guy who was trying to learn how to be that. Here's uh, Dobbs talking about his progress after the preseason finale last week against Carolina. Definitely. I, you know, I feel like the game slowed down a lot for me. I mean, it has throughout the preseason. And so it felt good. You're just, just going out playing football. It's less thinking, more playing, reacting to what the defense is giving to you. Giving to you. So um, that's what I was able to do tonight. That's what I was able to show in my play. 
And uh, Josh Dobbs, I think uh, if you listened to our show last week, uh, Thursday and Friday, I was banging the drum to keep Josh Dobbs on the team, but as one of four quarterbacks, not as the backup. Landry Jones uh, out the door, and that means uh, Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have that guy he can lean on on the sideline anymore. You know, it's a guy that um, obviously can can play, can come in, can get you out of a game, can start a game. Um, someone that I trust, if I ask a question, he's going to know the answer. You know, hey, Landry, what was that covered? What did you see? What I may be looking left, and I'll ask him what happened on the right side, and, and I trust what he's going to tell me. So I pointed that out. The, the lone tweet I sent out about this, I pointed out that Ben said that and uh, mentioned he's probably not going to be happy about this because that's the quarterback public publicly lobbying to keep Landry. That was in training camp uh, at St. Vincent College, just to put the right context on that. That's not his reaction to the cut. Yes, no, no that's... Uh, ben Roethlisberger, be clearly out. a big fan of Landry Jones. Right, so I said, role that he was Ben's in. not going to like this because he publicly lobbied for him. And unilaterally, people responding, give me a break. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He doesn't need anybody to help him on the sidelines breaking down what happened. Josh Dobbs is a rocket scientist. He can figure it out. Well, he didn't last year. I think those people are wrong. I think Ben Roethlisberger needs whatever he thinks he needs to be the best he can possibly be. Yeah, And it's only up to Ben Roethlisberger to decide what that is. I can kinda... we get him a phone so we can call him from the sidelines? <laughs> hey, Landry, what would you see? I know you're watching this at home on TV. Uh, ben, I'm playing for Tampa yeah. now, a little busy. Yeah. Most people have a <laughs> land- <it>, Landry. <laughs> Most people have a landline. We can have a Landry line. <laughs> it would work great. And I'm like sort of of two minds here. While I think like, mm, boy, I don't know if it's smart to upset your quarterback. Your running back's not there right now. Why upset the apple cart? But also thrilled to see what Josh Dobbs might be able to do. Well, the, the conclusion that we were talking about at the end of last week was this guy is too good potentially right. to just throw away. Mm-hmm. But what can he give you if Ben Roethlisberger suffers an injury on play two in Cleveland as Stephon Tuitt did last year? <laughs> You'll see. Then we'll find out, I guess. And, uh, you know, the longer he's around, maybe he'll grow into that role and uh, become that guy that Roethlisberger can trust. It's a relationship that's going to have to form but uh, this is where they are. They decided to go with the talent and the upside, uh, as well as the guy they drafted to potentially maybe be Ben Roethlisberger's replacement down the road in Mason Rudolph. And uh, Landry Jones had one year left on his deal, and he is out the door. Le'Veon Bell hasn't come in the door yet. Bad move by him, I thought, not showing up yesterday. Uh, it's going to really become an issue if he doesn't show up tomorrow. And... Marquise Pouncey, for his part, said he thinks he's going to show up tomorrow, not because of any conversation they've had, but because he said, I know Lev. He has been a lot of things in his tenure with the Steelers. A competitive guy who wants badly to win has always been one of those. How much has the the money that's been thrown around in the NFL in the last 10 days, do you think, affected Le'Veon's decision to not show up yet? Boy, I... I wouldn't have the slightest idea, Rand. I, we'll have to ask him when he gets here. I he I believe talk. greatly because he, he's watching all this and he's responding to every time somebody gets paid, he tweets something. Yeah, he's been the highest paid running back by a lot. He wants to be the highest paid everything. Yeah, I don't know if, you know, it'll take one team he to He tweeted make out when that, he found uh, out how much Jeff Bezos made. He was like, huh, get that whoa, money, Jeff. Secure the bag, Bezos. <laughs> This just did. Lev, 
What are they paying Elon Musk? <laughs> Damn. I want that submarine money. <laughs> Lev is making a big mistake here, I think. I think he is, too. We, we'll see how it works out for him. He's betting on himself. Uh, he is the by far best running back, and don't think for a minute that James Conner's improvement means that he is a fine alternative to Le'Veon Bell. The cupboard is not bare at the position. They have options with Connor and Steven Ridley and the draft pick out of NC State this year, Jalen Samuels, who kind of came on yeah. as the preseason progressed. So they got some guys they can play there, but they don't have an all I know, but this narrative that seems to be emerging that, I'll tell you what, he may not be here. Love Bell may not be here, but the Steelers' locker room is 100% behind James Conner, and they believe in him. I mean, of course they do, and of course they're going to say that. And that's not to say that James can't be really good and solid. Lev Bell is a unique, special player. The reason he wants all this money is because yeah. there's really not anybody like him in the NFL. Gurley aside, he still doesn't have the bona fides that, that uh, Lev Bell has. Yeah, they both had phenomenal years last year. They're both in the conversation as the best running back in the league, and why would you not want that? Ask anybody who would rather play all things being equal, Le'Veon Bell or James Conner, it's going to be... Right. If it's 10 people, 10 people are going to say Le'Veon Bell. If it's 1,000 people, 1,000 people are going to say Le'Veon Bell, unless one of them is James Conner. But nobody has ever been this <laughs> disliked by the Steeler fans and like consequently been that important to the team at the same time. I mean, his ratio of, of importance to the team's success versus fan perception, it's flipped upside down. Everybody hates this guy right now. Yeah, at least the people on Twitter do. Um, I guess we don't know historically because we don't know who they really hated. Well, Facebook hates him too, Mike. Yeah. There might I mean, have been, he there snapped might have some guys back in the day that weren't popular, but they they played and won, and they were tolerated. He Snapchatted a picture of himself on the yeah. beach. I can tell you, the media's hated a lot of guys over the years. Well, you guys hate everything and everybody. <laughs> not, not quite. You're everything. a bunch of surly curmudgeons redundant but still lev drawing the ire of steeler fans for the way he's handling this he's he doesn't care because he's out of here but if he's playing that long game though does he show up because why would you if he, you're gonna go for that long money and you're 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 in it not to get crushed this year with reps and he's gonna give up 2.4 million dollars by if he sits out what three games is how many he can sit is no, he can sit up to 10. Oh, is it really? God, why yeah, did I think yeah. it was three? Oh, jeez. Well, he's not going to give up that much cash. He's not going to give up eight, would eight million you, bucks. But would you, if considering the fact that you know they're going to give you the ball 400 times, you're going to put that kind of wear on your body? I think he would want the ball 400 times. At least the, you know, the guy he's been to this point would want mm -hmm. it. Um, stay tuned. I, so I'm, I'm a little surprised he did not show up yesterday. Uh, the the vibe from everybody since the spring was uh, it's going to be like last year. He's going to sit out camping and show up for the Cleveland game, and then he'll really get after it because that's what he does and that's who he is. And plus, he's going to have to show the other teams that he'll potentially sign with next year that he's still the great Le'Veon Bell who deserves the money he's demanding. See, I don't think he. I'm not saying he's going to do this, but if he would sit and come in late come in mm -hmm. week 10 or whatever and just, you know, mm -hmm. the minimum to get that accrued year, I think he'd still be a very valued commodity on, yeah, the, on the open market. I don't think he would um, hurt his value or perceive value in any way because, oh, this guy's a pain. You can't give him that kind of money. 
I don't know. My, you, I, don't, I don't think it would go that and way. And you have to be thinking, okay, if I come in and give it my all, they're going to give me the Willie Parker treatment, ride it till the wheels fall off. Why would mm-hmm. I let a team do that to me if I'm going to try to go shop the market? No, because he thinks he's indestructible and he's always been that guy. It is risky. I thought it was risky two years ago. I thought he he got the best of him by not getting hurt. He was on his third contract offer after the well, second after the first refusal, right? <laughs> so he he had won two more raises, basically. Yeah. I mean, the way and I get up. I get that more money's out there every week in the NFL right now, and it, it seems that way. But man, he is playing with fire. I just, I'm just such a wuss. I would never do this at all. I'd be like, I'd be the safe guy. Like, nope, nope. We're taking the present value of this boatload of money right now instead of what might happen in the NFL going forward. I've never been a great negotiator. Well, he hires guys who are who yeah. are paid a lot to do it, so he must know, know more than me. I mean, look at what Khalil Mack just got paid. Can't believe that. $140 million? Aaron Donald had one day as the uh, highest paid defensive player in the league. But it's you know it's a it's a pass rush the passer league now, and I know Le'Veon catches some balls, but a lot you know he's not the only running back that does that. Right. Well, and what's going to happen if he agrees to a contract and the next day someone else becomes the highest paid running back in the league? This is how it works. He's going to hold restructure. out. This is how it works. Uh, I, I think what's really going to be revealed this week is his desire to win and concept of the team. In addition, you know they're all in it for the for the money to a degree. Uh, he's got to put the team first at some point. If he doesn't, then he's not really a guy you can count on, right? He's not a guy they can count on right now, Mike. Maybe that changes tomorrow. Don't forget, last year, week one, he stunk. Wasn't good. This year, the Browns are better than they were last year. In theory. It's not saying a ton. Yeah, but they almost beat us last year. <laughs> That's Wait. saying a little bit Week more. one, Ben doesn't complete that pass to A.B. for the first down. Browns get the ball back with a chance to win the game. But he did, and they didn't. That's an almost, Mike. <laughs> okay. It was one play away. Yeah. That That's not a team you should be one play away from. And Lev Bell wasn't even in on that series of downs. It's not a team I'd be afraid to line up against in week one. And yet? The more I watch, be. The more I watch Hard Knocks, the more I think they are waiting to implode from within. <laughs> Hugh Jackson doesn't look like he should be the coach of a high school team. <laughs> he really doesn't. <laughs> it looks like Todd Haley is going to explode. Yeah. It's clearly Todd Haley is basically going to be the head coach of that team. You want to go into Philly Thursday night or you want to go drive over to Cleveland? I'm all right. The second option. All right. When we come back, Gene Steratore is going to be joining us. Former NFL referee, long time. How many years did he do it? A lot of years, Randall. A lot of years. Well, now, years. now uh, he's retired, but they're not putting him out to, to pasture. Gene's going to join us each and every week here on the DV Morning Show. I'm psyched for this. We're trying to f- figure out a name for it. Zebra Talk? What was yours? Refu? Refit. No. Oh, Refit. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Refit. <laughs> Ref it, no. That's perfect. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk with Gene Steratore when we come back. Cam Hayward's coming up, 845, and we will talk t- talk to Billy Gardell a little bit later on this morning. F it, no. Ref it, no.
<laughs> That'll be at 9 o'clock. Steelers-Browns this Sunday on DVE. A 1 o'clock kickoff. Pre-game starts at 9 a.m. Only on your radio home of the Steelers, WDV. It is the DVE Morning Show, 102.5 WDVE. And joining us right now, longtime NFL referee, Western Pennsylvanian. Central? Western Pennsylvanian? Gene Steratore. Western. Western PA. Gene, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. Fine. How are you all doing? We're doing fantastic. So for those who may not be familiar, we first of all, we're excited to have you on board this year because I think this NFL season is going to be more tumultuous than any other in terms of rule interpretation and how it affects games going forward. I agree. I think there is going to be a little more emphasis on some of the officiating, unlike years past, although... Uh, I can say there's been many years where officiating has been in the forefront every once in a while. Yeah, how many <laughs> how, how many years uh, do you have under your belt, Gene? You know, I finished my 15th season last year. And how many years did you do the basketball at the same time? Oh, every one of them. Wow. Uh, yeah, total of uh, 26 years of Division One college basketball and uh, 15 in the NFL, uh, football-wise. So the last 15 years you've been working... 250, 300 days a year? <laughs> I don't think it's been that. It Not felt like that at times. Yeah, about 160, 170 days. I okay. So uh, let me ask you this. Uh, there had to be times in the NFL when you thought to yourself, uh, you looked at your schedule and saw you had coming up that weekend and thought, oh, no, not these guys again. What Was there a team <laughs> or a player that you were like, oh, this guy sucks. I really don't want to have to deal with him again. <laughs> you know what? I hate to break this to you, but I don't think I ever had a situation like that. Every week in the NFL and the preparation for it and the excitement that would build during that week, it was always a, just a great challenge. Some weeks much more challenging than others, uh, but but always just kind of looking at it very optimistically and looking forward to the weekend. There were places, though, where maybe you were a little less popular than, than others. <laughs> Would that be a fair? Uh... I think that might be a fair assessment. I can tell you that there was never a place where we were actually welcomed other than <laughs> one night, and that may have been after a... Uh, after a little bit of a lockout or something like that, where we were appreciated for about two or three minutes until the first flag, <laughs> and then we were right back to it. You know, this, this whole introduction with we're excited and happy to see you, you know, I think maybe if you guys could put a sound bite behind this every morning when you do announce my name, just have a bunch of booze and some <laughs> I'll feel more at home if we can pull that off. Yeah, Miami would probably <laughs> be uh, one of those places, right? <laughs> Uh, you know, there was a certain play. I think someone fumbled at the half-yard line or something like that, if my memory serves me correct, Mike. And I think uh, after replay, we couldn't see the clear recovery. So even though that specific player did fumble prior to the touchdown being signaled, we, we couldn't give the defense the ball, even though under a pile of humanity, someone from the other team may have had that football uh, so that didn't go over well that day, yeah, if I remember correctly. I think that was a number seven with the ball, wasn't it? I think so. You know, I think it was a seven. I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. Uh, Gene, <laughs> which of the new rule interpretations do you think they're going to have the most trouble with this year? The crown of the helmet uh, rule seemed to have been causing a lot of controversy just in the preseason. Yeah, I, I think without a doubt the crown of the helmet and the helmet hit and really the ability not just for the players now to have to make this change in real time, uh, but for the officials as well. I mean, this, this game is really fast, and uh, as fast as it looks to everyone from the television set or even from the stadium, uh, it exponentially gets faster as you get closer to the field and closer to the action. So it, it's going to be 
a very, very big learning curve. And, uh, you know, I think what we really have to understand and hopefully appreciate is the players that are active in the NFL today, these men that are in, in the league that have, they, they're, they have to make this adjustment now. Uh, maybe as opposed to five or six years from now, when players that are in their high school time right now or college that start to play this way over a period of time when they get to the NFL, it, it will be something that's already into their, into their mechanic or into the way that they play. Uh, these players, and truthfully, these officials, uh, the, the task at hand right now is large because they're making this adjustment in real time right now. So it's going to be a learning curve. Um, you know, we, have, we put our faith in the fact that these are the greatest athletes uh, uh, in the country. And, and truthfully, guys, you know, these officials that are here weren't just picked up last week. So their talent levels are extremely high, uh, or they wouldn't be here either. So is there a learning curve? Yeah. Is this a cultural change? Without a question. And, and I think most importantly, at the end of the day, is this the right is this the right thing for football? Not just the NFL, but for football. And I think the answer for all of us, I think, is yes for that. You know, and 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 with that said, that's the task at hand, and the, and that's what great people do when they're when they're handed a great challenge. You know, they they accept it, and we embrace it, and now we work our we work our butts off to get it right. You know, that's the goal. You know, if this is the price I got to pay for having the catch rule cleared up, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That might have been the reason why I decided, guys, it was finally time. I mean, Calvin Johnson didn't catch it. Dez didn't catch it. When Zach Ertz finally caught it, I thought, you know what? This is it. I'm out of here. <laughs> it's time to go. <laughs> yeah, you went out like Bettis. You went out in the Super Bowl. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that, the, the new language uh, applied to, to uh, the catch rule, I mean, that yeah. should eliminate everything, right? Look, yeah, I, I think. Eliminate is, is powerful. It's like saying always and never. Um, I think what we've done is we've narrowed the scope of defining this now. And if we if we think of it in three basic elements in their sequential order, I think it starts to narrow the scope. And that is that naturally full possession of the football, two feet down or a body part, which equals two feet. And then the third element will be either a third step or what we would deem to be a football move. That third element as i can tell you from past experiences at some point that third element may have a little gray area of interpretation and i think that will be the football move what's deemed to be that football move and look again going back to some of the experiences that i've had with calvin johnson or des Bryant and those types of catches um at some point this year we're going to get a handful of those plays that probably come down to right at that time where you and I say, yeah, that's a football move, or it looks like a football move, and maybe it's not deemed to be as much. you know. So I think we still have a little there. Uh, I think it's definitely narrowed, and I think if we keep it in these three categories and look at it that way as fans and lovers of the game, we start to at least understand the interpretation of that. Hey, Gene, just as a way to uh, kind of clue people in on the interaction between uh, guys working the game and guys coaching the game, can you tell the hat story or should we save that for another time? <laughs> we can tell it if you want. I hope we have enough time. It was a Monday night game, and I'm actually on my way to New York now to do a shoot for Inside the NFL tonight. And and, and as we all know, Ray Lewis is part of that show. And it uh, be something I think we may talk about a little tonight. That was the most intense football game in the regular season I think I experienced, the Monday night game with the Steelers and Ravens uh, 
probably I don't know. That might have been ten years ago. Rashard Mendenhall, I believe, was a was a rookie that year. Hmm. Uh, but as fate would have it, you know, you pack a certain way. We're all creatures of habit, and usually when I fly, the bag is packed in its sequential order. But because I was in Pittsburgh that week, and it was a Monday night, your time dif- your time differences when you leave, how you leave, how you pack is a little different because you're just driving up to the Marriott here by the airport. Uh, inevitably, I forgot to put my hat in the uh, in the suitcase, so I didn't realize that because I didn't go through the normal ritual of opening the bag when I got to the hotel and all of those things. So I didn't realize it until we were getting on the shuttle bus actually to go down the beautiful parkway, which was already bumper to bumper before we got to the Robinson Town Center, and I realized I didn't have my hat. Uh, so I called home, and the uh, two sons at home. My daughter was in college at the time, but I called the boys. I said, "Run upstairs." And look on my bed is my hat there, and it's a white hat, unlike the other officials. And one son answers, and Gene said, "Yeah, Dad, it's it's here." I said, "Get in the car." Uh, the Pennsylvania State Police, I think the Allegheny Police, started down seventy nine. I told the boys to get in the car and start to the game early. I think they thought they were going to get the free escort all the way into high school because they had the hat. But I, uh, I was on the phone live as we were going down the parkway here, and my son said, I see a couple police on the other side of 79. They did a UE at uh, at Bridgeville. I can hear the officer, you know, put your window down. Are you such and such? Do you have the hat? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow. Give me the hat. They take the hat. Uh, they tell him, get back in line. You're not getting the escort. We got the hat. That's how important everything else was. Uh, so we get to the game. The game again, like I said, it was a crazy intense game. I had my older brother on my crew as my back judge, who was, uh, you know, the big brother. Don't mess up tonight. Are you okay with the microphone? All these announcement things and the pressure that goes with that. Being in that environment, uh, the game ends on what we thought was a 10-second runoff. We punch out for the end of regulation in a tie game. We're about to go to overtime, which is announced live and un- and. Very rarely in the NFL, only a few handful of games do they do our coin toss live. Uh, well, this this is one of the cases, and it was my first time ever announcing the rules of overtime. So how many times do you do that at home in front of the mirror? It's, it's the middle of Hodge Field, and Tony's walking with me from the 20 to the 50. You know what you're saying. I'm trying to get him away from me. You get out of my head. I'm trying to figure it out. I go to flip the coin. The coin doesn't flip end over end. It goes up like a pizza shell in the air. And I've got Barrier, Foot, and Hines, if my memory serves me correct, on one side, Ray Lewis and Suggs and a couple others. And this coin is going up in the air like a pizza shell. And my heart is dropping. It lands and rolls three times. Baltimore wins the toss of overtime. Uh, Hines is looking at me with that classic smile of disbelief. I think Foot Ferry immediately sprinted to Coach Tomlin to let him know that the coin, and they may have said a few other adjectives at that point, didn't flip. Uh, we punch out for commercial. I see Coach Tomlin take the earpiece off of one ear, and he's staring at me at the 50, and I, I can tell it's, he's beckoning me now over to the uh, to the, you know, to the sideline. It's like 11.59 at night now on Monday night, and Coach Tomlin looks. He goes, you know, this really isn't your day. And I just kind of paused, and he said, the game ended. The game did end. He said, the coin didn't even go. It didn't turn. I said, it flipped when it hit the ground. He said, I told you it's not your day. Gene, he said, and to make matters worse, you left your hat on your bed this morning. <laughs> and I looked at him in complete shock, and with a wry smile, I just looked back at me. He said, you know, Gene, at times when you're a head coach in the NFL, they tell you everything. <laughs> over his shoulder, I could see one of the officers that uh, that may have pulled my son over 
Uh, and I did answer him rather quickly, and I looked at my wrist pretending it was a watch, and I said, the only good part of that whole story, Coach, is by the time we get back from commercial, it's going to be tomorrow. So hopefully we'll get it right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's one of those things that in this game, you want to remember all the games that you can in the moment, and you try. But I, I feel as, you know, as, as time move on, uh, these are the things I think that you'll remember and, and smile and laugh about forever. I know? take great comfort in knowing that in western Pennsylvania – the referee's hat can get a police escort to the game. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. Exactly. Give me the hat. Now get back in line. Gene, we look forward to talking with you every week. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Safe travels to New York. Thanks, guys. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Former NFL referee. He's going to be a weekly guest here on the DV Morning Show this season. Gene Steratore. He's great. The hat got there, and Tomlin knew it wasn't there initially. Just to needle him a little bit more. <laughs> and you forgot your hat. Oh, more Steelers talk. How'd you, did you ha- have any cooking out this weekend for Labor Day uh, weekend? Or was yeah, it, but or You're like, like me, your house is torn apart. It's yeah, hard to do anything. it's like Saturday I did. I, I, got a, I got a pretty bloody hamburger, and I was like, oh, can I just microwave it? Was it cold? Is there a chance this might be undercooked? Yeah. <laughs> can you put it back on with the chicken? Add a cookout? It was, yeah, I, I wanted to sneak into the kitchen and then just microwave it because I felt like that would have <laughs> zapped all Yeah. Me. Take care of any germs in there. And they just splatter like hamburger juice all over their microwave. <laughs> I probably should have just got salmonella, huh? Sorry. Catch you boiling the burgers. Huh? <laughs> what? No, I just had to go to the bathroom and figured, why not? I'm Irish. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. What a crazy weekend. Love Bell still not here. Landry Jones, no longer here. Steelers drama all weekend long as they get ready for week one against the Browns. We'll talk with Cam Hayward coming up at 845. Hope everybody had a great Labor Day weekend. What a parade we had here in Pittsburgh yesterday. Joe Biden. Joe Biden was jogging down the street. So, Joe. I didn't realize we have one of the biggest Labor Day parades in the country. Over Mm -hmm. 200 union representations at the wedding. At the wedding. At the, uh, <laughs> it was a big wedding. Huge uh, wedding. At the parade. And that's awesome. I mean, this yeah. uh, when I think of unions, I think of Pittsburgh. You know, it was, every time Built I saw like, city. right, like those old Steeler clips of mm-hmm. like guys wearing hard hats in the crowd. I always think that I mean, always Back makes when me men think, were men. Yeah. It always just makes me think like, you know, it's a union town. Like all those movies in the 70s where dudes coming out of the mill, like the union we're proud union members. We are proud union members. Now, now every guy in my generation is showing up with those crazy Steeler wigs, like those Guy Fieri <laughs> wigs. <laughs> they used to wear hard hats, and now we're wearing like, you know, fuzzy hats. <laughs> the tray of sushi. Let's go, Steelers! <laughs> Have you tried this unagi? <laughs> it is unreal. These guys literally brought lunch pails to the stadium. And their own warm iron. Just pounding. Steel-toed boots. But that was pretty cool to see everybody down there uh, supporting uh, unions. And that's what Labor Day is all about, Val. Yeah. I don't know how, you know, thank God for the unions. We'll be working every day. Eight days a week, 25 hours a day. Also, it's cool because we're in like, like, also when I think of unions, I think like, you know, hard jobs 
manual labor where people are really being taken advantage of. Things that you sweat yeah. when you do. <laughs> and in our union, because we're in SAG after, it's like, we get DVDs <laughs> of movies that are still in theaters. For your consideration. Right. Watch we fought hard for this. sad movie. I fought hard to see the Florida Project before it was put out on DVD. <laughs> uh, but no, all unions are uh, are, are, are Both great. my parents were union members. No kidding. Yeah. A lot of history of that here in Pittsburgh. I had no idea that parade was that big mm-hmm. yesterday. Every time I run into somebody I went to high school with, they're just turning their life around and they're trying to get in the union. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bo, you know, I'm just trying to stay out of trouble getting in the union. I know a couple guys down at the Boilermakers are going to put in a word. Good for you. Trades need people. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. Just try to get some work done at your house, huh, Val? Yeah. Pass a drug test. (laughs) You're good. Yeah. I'm non-union. Is that okay? (laughs) All right. We're going to talk with Kame Hayward coming up at uh, 845. Speaking of the union. He's in a union. He's in a union. What does the union say when you don't show up for work? The union has Lev Bell's back on this because he hasn't hasn't signed a contract. But, yeah, I guess the union would have nothing to do with this. But it is crazy to me that he hasn't reported yet. Plus the whole Snapchat and the picture of him, like, hanging on the beach. What was uh, it up? Just like him... toes in the sand i think it was like a danny devito troll foot shot you know just him hanging out on the beach just it's just kind of that kind of twisting the knife a little bit for steeler nation you know chaps my ass a little bit yeah that's what i'm saying (laughs) ass chap (laughs) yeah chaps asses yeah man get to work i don't know who he's doing that for or if he doesn't realize. That's himself. what I wonder if the play, like the players are like, oh, he's our teammate. We're going to welcome him back. Like on one hand, are they, hey, get your ass in here and get to work with the rest of us and get ready for the season. We want to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, what does Ben or, think when he sees that? Yeah. On the other hand, are they like, well, you're fighting a fight. I might have to fight someday. Right. I think it's a mixed I think, bag. Yeah. Because, I mean, when they were going around the locker room, just the videos that I saw, they were like, oh, when he gets here, he'll be here. We'll welcome him with open arms, and until then, we do, we don't care. But wouldn't you be a little mad? I'd be pissed, yeah. I'd be pissed. They lose to Cleveland in week one? People are going to hate Le'Veon Bell more than they do now, which might be a tough uh, task because he seemingly has pissed off the entire Steeler fan base. Don't think he cares too much. Val's got news. She cares. Here's the Channel 11 <laughs> Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Gave out it's the old there. 75 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Oh. Doctors who treat children say all kids age six months and up should get flu shots as soon as possible. The American Academy of Pediatrics says the flu virus is common and unpredictable and can cause serious complications even in healthy kids. The CDC says last year's flu season was one of the most severe on record and put thousands of kids in the hospital. Nearly 180 children died of flu-related causes, and the CDC says 80% of those who died had not gotten flu shots. Oh, man. I just got over whatever that August cold was that I got. It was awful. Mm -hmm. It was... You still sound a little... Yeah. They they said 10 days. Wow. So today's day eight. Yeah. Brutal. You're going to get a flu shot? I always do. At Rite Aid? Where do you get it? I get it at Rite Aid. 
And if they're busy, I go over to Pennzoil. (laughs) (laughs) A new study just came out that found asthma gets misdiagnosed all the time, especially in adults. Researchers looked at 613 people who thought they had asthma. third of them did not. Turns out I'm just out of shape. According to the Daily Mail, the three illnesses that get misdiagnosed all the time include depression. Uh, Sometimes it's really an underactive thyroid, and that's what's causing it. Hypothyroidism can make you feel cold, sluggish, and depressed. Mm -hmm. Watch out for that thyroid. Menopause gets uh, misdiagnosed when you actually have an overactive thyroid. They can both cause irregular periods, night sweats, bloating, and mood changes. And irritable bowel syndrome is often actually celiac disease, an allergy to gluten. It causes a lot of the same symptoms like bloating, diarrhea, and stomach pain, and the treatments are completely different for the two. I think I have that. What, celiac or irritable bowel? Menopause. (laughs) (laughs) It's menopause. (laughs) Completely different. Totally different. I had I got tested positive for asthma y- years ago, mm-hmm. and then the second time they tested me after I like I started taking uh, the uh, Singulair, which mm-hmm. is like uh, antihistamine or whatever, like a you know, is that an inhaler or a pill? no? It's just a pill. And uh, the next time I tested, they're like, "Well, you don't have it anymore." You're and I'm cured. like, "What?" And they're like, "Well, it doesn't mean you're cured. It just means whatever you're doing, you don't have asthma." Taking the Singulair, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Or I had a depressed bowel. You know, that who could knows? Be too. So, you got to cheer that bowel up. I just want happy bowels. Yeah, you don't want sad ones. No, sad bowels. <laughs> They're bad. Uh, what do men want in a mistress? Happy bowels. The website, that <laughs> should probably be on the list. The website, Victoria Milan, asked 5,000 cheaters what they look for in a mistress. That's another one of those cheating websites. What I'm looking for in a mistress. Willingness. Number one on the list, long hair. <laughs> Tops the list. You know, not for nothing, but my wife at home's got that mommy hair, and I'm just like, you know, I get it. It's a pain in the ass and everything, but I kind of like when you look like a horse. Long, flowing locks. After that, it's curves, and then a slim figure. Make up your mind. Right. Uh, pretty eyes. Height is number five on the list. 31% said it's important for a mistress to be tall. 27% want a petite mistress. I got a, I, I, I'm telling you right now, none of that. It's 100% Who? not your wife. That's what those dudes are looking for. I guess. I'll take a, I'll take a plump mistress. Yeah, they don't care. Plump what, with short what a, hair. What a spike. I don't care. Uh, uh, cheaters were asked what personality traits are most important. Top answers were a sense of humor. Kindness. Wait, in, in your mistress? Yes. Being an adventurer. <laughs> well, that's kind of. Want to go spelunking? Built in. With your. Dora the Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> Having a youthfulness about them and being a reliable person. There we go. You ain't going to say nothing. <laughs> I can rely on you not to say nothing. <laughs> Lip zip capability. <laughs> I guess if you're on a cheating website, you're probably. I mean, I mean, you don't whatever. have to worry. It's like you, you're. You're probably not going to blab about it. I just can't imagine being married and having an affair and constantly the worry and the fear and the like 
shame you, yeah, and, and formalizing just, it oh, so much. God. What if everybody found out? Like your friends and family. Wouldn't it that happens sh- all the time? I mean, not just your wife, but everybody you know. Right. I know. Your good friends probably forgive you, and then you're like the Spouses tertiary the friends. friends are probably like, yeah, well, go screw. Literally. That's what I was doing. <laughs> That's how I got into this mess. I got into this mess. A new study just asked the question, should your commute count as part of your work hours? According to a study, the answer is yes, you should get paid for your commute. Believe it or not, though, there are some people who wouldn't want that. Those people say they like having their commute to mentally switch from home mode to work mode or back. And most importantly, they don't want to have their boss expect them to get stuff done during that time. There are so some they might people, already. There's some people who love their going to work routine. And I never I, understood. You know, my ex travels almost 90 minutes each way. In oh New York, from Jersey that's, to New York, that's a lot. That's and I just kept saying to her, "You're wasting days of your life traveling back and forth." And she kind of looked at it as like, "Well, if I take the train, I'm doing things." But then did she still work an eight-hour day? Yeah, that's crazy. she get home at seven thirty every night. That's like, what nuts. You, that's it's, you're just wasting too much life that way. So then you should take Friday off, or you should move to where you work. Yeah, that 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 would help. I think that would help things a lot. My, Which in New York is not easy. My get-to-work routine is just scrambling out the door and really <laughs> trying to hurry to work. Jumping on a bike with flat tires. <laughs> Every time I have to. me that. Yes. Guys, <laughs> I popped the chain. The bike won't work. I'm in front of Ace Hardware. Are you still riding your bike to work? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it wasn't my bike. That's the That was the problem with it. You're still riding your wife's bike it to was, work. It was Serena's bike that was in the garage through about eight seasons. <laughs> and he didn't check the tire pressure. Man, it's really bouncy. It's got shocks. Like, no, those are the tires. Why am I in 18th gear? This is really <laughs> tough. Probably shouldn't be this tough. Meanwhile, it probably wouldn't take you long if you have a good bike. It wouldn't be that bad. No. No, When after well, you put air in the tires, it was a whole different world. <laughs> But on Completely a day like experience. today, oh, you'd be sweating. You'd come to work all sweaty. There's uh, nowhere to clean up here. Just oh. gross. Go into the DJ cafe yeah, and take a cowboy shower. Yeah, take a nice little bird bath out yeah. there in the, <laughs> the kitchenette. That'd be nasty. You just see me sitting in that big sink when you get here. <laughs> per- I used to think perched up there on the yeah, edge with a big loofah. Hi guys, good morning. <laughs> Come with a shower cap, brushing your teeth. I used to think that you should live where you will be social, like wherever you you want your social activities to be, because you'll always have to drive to work. Mm-hmm. That if you don't live near an area, like maybe you want to live in a rural area and you want to have like you know uh, land that that's one thing. But uh, if you want to live, it, it, or if you work far away from that. You should live by the environment you want to live in, not by your work, because you have to drive to work. Right. But you don't, you will be tired if you're working too much, and you'll be like, you'll make excuses for not going to the area where you want to be social. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am 100% doing the opposite of that. Because, <laughs> you know, we just get up too early. Mm-hmm. But you get my drift on that, though? Yes, I do. Getting it. I agree with you. Because you have to drive to work. My so only you'll... problem is, that, like, that was my argument for always living in the city. It was like, mm-hmm. this is where I want to be. I right. want to be in the city. I don't want to be 
out in the suburbs. Then I was like, yeah, but the schools sting. <laughs> so yeah, I don't want to be too selfish about this. Like, kids, forget your education. I want to live where I can hang out. <laughs> I know. Everything's not about you. I know you can't get into any reputable <laughs> colleges, but daddy loves this coffee shop. Sure, they're bringing guns into school. But look at it this way. I can walk down the street to get a pizza. <laughs> I can get hammered and stumble home. What's more important, daddy avoiding a DUI? Are you getting a solid education? <laughs> If you like uh, avocados, you can sign up for a new study, nutrition research study called the Habitual Diet and Avocado Trial. You'll get 300 bucks to eat an avocado every day for six months. That's that's a lot of avocados. I wonder if you're allowed when to... When did the avocado come in? <laughs> if you're allowed to transform the avocado or if you just have to right. eat it. Because I've like, never seen any kind of maniac just sit there and eat an avocado. If I can, like an apple. If I can eat guac every day, I think I might be up for that. Yeah. Have you, you've done it with toast and an egg, like for I breakfast? I haven't yet, no. I was so against it, just in principle alone. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, so we're putting good, avocado though. on toast and eggs now? like, And then I had it, and it's yummy. Awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Your dog probably likes reggae. Researchers played music for kennel dogs to see if it modified their behavior. And after playing the music, they measure, measured the dog's heart rates and cortisol levels and observed behaviors like sleeping, barking, and head shaking. They found the dogs reacted positively to music. Music soothes the savage beast, I guess, uh, particularly <laughs> reggae and soft rock. Little yacht rock, little yacht rock for the puppies in this. In the Dude, shelter. English Dan and John Four Cooley Me <laughs> mellows them out. <laughs> and finally, our deviant story of the day: a 31-year-old man from Niguarda, Italy, uh, went to the hospital recently with a serious problem. When they say ne necessity is the mother of invention, this uh -huh. applies here. The guy had been enjoying a. Two foot long adult toy. Whoa, two foot. That's that's a lot. That's a big toy. And somehow was lodged in his colon. Oh, he went a day yeah. with it there. A whole day. Oh, a gosh. whole day. <laughs> uh, he apparently tried to get it out on his own, but after suffering for a day, like I said, he finally went to the ER. Doctors couldn't figure out how to get it out because. The design made it hard to get a good grip on it, so they this had to... This didgeridoo dildo is really in there. <laughs> they had to fashion a lasso-type device. <laughs> and hook it up to a truck. And, yeah, so they were able to get it out. <laughs> like, they didn't How have did it go in handle first? <laughs> they didn't... That was the handle? <laughs> they didn't have it, uh, they didn't have anything on site that would work. <laughs> but the guy was discharged, and uh, they say will not suffer any permanent damage. We've got to get the jaws of life on this. Imagine, like, the facial expressions that guy must have been, like, <laughs> rocking. For How did he get to the hospital? <laughs> and the doctors. Yeah, right. I mean, he must have been laying on his stomach on a flatbed. He took a bus and sat on his head, or, like, <laughs> did a headstand the whole way. I don't know. Uh, two Who's that guy with the tail? Twenty. <laughs> seriously, 24 inches? That's what the story says. That is, it's impressive. That's just too big. It's just you know, it's it's, just it's too, too big. big. It, 
It's just too big. <laughs> just make your dog happy. So weather going to be? Uh, forecast hot and humid, 90, but uh, heat index near 100 today. Billy Gardell's going to be on the show, 9 a.m. we got Cam Hayward coming up at 845, brought to you by Don's Appliance. Very much looking forward to talking with Cam, given all that's going on with the Steelers. And Mike's got an update for you when we return. It's week one of the NFL season. The Steelers and Browns Sunday here on DV. 40%. DVE Sports. DV Morning Show. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now. Week one of the NFL on the way in the Steelers. Well, at least the outside perception is that, uh, you know, the Apple card isn't exactly settled. No. And that could be because of who didn't show up, or that could be because of who was asked to leave right. as the roster was cut to 53. Basically, they weren't asked to leave. They were told, leave. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. It wasn't an option for uh, Landry Jones and the rest. Who saw Landry Jones coming? I don't even think Landry Not Jones. Landry. I don't think he saw that coming. <laughs> I don't think anybody saw that coming. No. But uh, Josh Dobbs is your new backup quarterback. He's not just on the roster. He's number two on the depth chart. Uh, he is uh, getting ready for his second season. And a guy who has made a lot of progress since season number one. And a guy who knows he's got to continue doing that. I know I've taken a lot of steps. And I know a lot more steps to go always. Every day, find something to improve on. Find a way to grow in your craft, whether it's mentally or physically. Um, if I continue to do that... I'll be okay. He is a very sharp guy. He is a rocket scientist and all that. But he does not have the experience that Landry Jones had. And that's something Ben Roethlisberger said in training camp that he leaned on very heavily. Can Dobbs do a Landry impression? The point I I was making on Twitter when this happened was, wow, Ben's probably not going to love this. He publicly lobbied for Landry Jones during training camp. So this means not only is he not getting what he wants, but I would imagine that initially, at least, the perception from number seven was the team doesn't have my back in helping me have the best environment to to win another Super Bowl. To a degree, I think this is not a move he would have made. That we're you know we're adding two and two here and coming up with four. But right, this yeah. is what Ben had to say about Landry Jones during training camp. See if this sounds like it's important to him or it's just something he's saying. For whatever reason, you know it's a guy that um, obviously can can play, can come in, can get you out of a game, can start a game. Um, someone that I trust. If I ask a question, he's going to know that answer. You know, hey Landry, what was that covered? What'd you see? What I may be looking left, and I'll ask him what happened on the right side, and and I trust what he's going to tell me. I mean, he went there. I don't think anybody would have asked him that que- that second part of the question. Hey Ben, isn't part of Landry Jones' value that you can lean on his experience? It wasn't posed that way. He went there himself. He he seemed to think that was important uh, just before they left St. Vincent College. Uh, midway through the preseason, Landry Jones seemed to think that being that guy for Roethlisberger was a big deal. That's a big thing. I mean, you, you have to build relationships with people. That's a part of being a backup, you know what I mean? And that's the unspoken thing that, that people don't always see. It's not always the most talented guy that, that'll get into that role. It's a guy that can handle a game plan, that the, a guy that the starting quarterback trusts and has a relationship with, you know. And so for me, being here, it's my sixth season, been through a lot of games with Ben. We've just kind of developed that rapport with one another. Yeah. Got to start working on it with uh, Josh Dobbs if you're Ben Roethlisberger. Really and, and surprised. Vice versa. Really surprised. 
Oh nope. my god! How funny would it be if Ben came off the the field and goes, "Josh, what'd you see out there?" He'd be like, I don't know what the hell I was seeing. It was going so fast. Or he, or he has cover five. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, right. He the has projection some, and trajectory the atmospheric conditions relative and, to your launch angle and yeah. the velocity of the ball as it traveled through the rain. That's why it was incomplete. Right. It'd be it, it would be like when Foghorn Leg, Leghorn had to talk to that egghead kid. <laughs> <laughs> boy, boy. Ben, ben walks away mumbling, that boy's about as sharp as a bowling ball. That's just it, though. I mean, yeah, he might be using protractors and compasses and things. And like, well, Ben, if you see the no, and it's, it's, hypotenuse of the arch of the ball. There's a couple, a couple levels to this story. I do think Josh Dobbs is uh, a worthy guy to have on an Me NFL too. Team. I mean, it was hard to not be excited by what he did against Carolina. And that was the culmination of a very good offseason slash preseason for him. He really... Kind of stat. Last year he was hanging around trying to figure it out. This year he was doing it. And there's not a lot of guys that can do it. And when you find one you think can do it and maybe can do it really well sooner rather than later, you don't just throw them on the scrap heap. But uh, I would have gone a different direction, certainly. I'd have found a way to keep the four. And I would have kept Landry as the backup this year. Uh, How much money did they save making that deal or cutting Landry? I mean, was it significant enough where they could? Possibly go out and get a guy. What kind of guy? I don't know. Another quarterback? A need. No, no, not a quarterback, but another position of need. I actually don't know what Landry was making. I don't think he was breaking the bank. Two something. Madden tweeted out something along the lines of as a one point five million dollar differential. I don't know whether that's true or not, but it just seems to me that as excited as I am about the prospect for Josh Dobbs that going into this year in which there is a bit of an all-or-nothing mentality because it's the last time you have Le'Veon Bell and A.B. together, that doing anything that was going going to sort of just create any discord in the backfield or with Ben or the offense, even though it wasn't like he was this pivotal point, I don't know. It seems like maybe they could have gotten rid of a McCullers or a guy that they weren't going to count on to do anything and keep four quarterbacks since they were fortunate enough to find themselves in this position. And then use that going down the line. Okay, we've got four capable guys. Let's deal one of them. Or just let it play out that way, and then Jones would move on next year, theoretically, and you'd have yeah. the other two. I'm you'd sure Marty in place. there are super smart reasons why they didn't do it. I just I don't know them. We'll hear what Mike Tomlin has to say about it today. I think they saw in Josh Dobbs the physical skill set and the maturation and the understanding. What really impressed me in that Carolina game was how he extended plays with his legs and then made them with his arm as opposed to just dropping back and saying, oh, well, first read's not there. I'm taking off now. You can't, I don't think, still be a running quarterback in the NFL and get away with it. It wasn't against to, the 85 Bears, though. It wasn't, but he was reacting to rush and breaking down coverage and exploiting it. And if you can, do, you know, if you can, if you understand how to do that, you have a chance to be able to do it against the better people. Cam yeah. Hayward joins us when we return from this commercial break, Mike. I wonder if he's got anything to say about quarterback. Sponsored by Don's Appliance, we'll talk with Cam Hayward when we return here on DVE. It's the DVE Morning Show, your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 WDVE, brought to you by Don's Appliances this morning. It's one and only Cam Hayward. Cam! Good morning! What's up, man? That's Captain Cam Hayward to you. (laughs) Thank you, I appreciate it. Captain Cam, congratulations. I appreciate it, yeah. 
pretty big honor to be a captain, and you know, I, I don't take it lightly. Uh, you must have been very excited with Ohio State's start on Saturday. It was a nail-biter, but uh, you were able to pull it off. It was a heck of a start, but um, I know Pursuit is pretty happy uh, how Michigan State started, too. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. What was more exciting, what uh, your alma mater did or what little brother did? Well, I expected from my alma mater, but uh, watching my little brother do it, uh, I kind of felt like a proud dad. It was, uh, it was it was really fun to see. and um, He knows how to know, finish just, a run. Right, and uh, I was just so excited. I watched the offense uh, that way, and, you know, it was just it was a, a, a great treat to watch. What were Connor's numbers on Saturday? Two touchdowns. Those are good numbers. He had the game winning touchdown. I think too, it was so. five for forty-two or forty-eight. Something, not many yeah. carries, but they they found something. They went to an option in the second half, and he exploited the hell out of that. He gets the yeah. ball in space, and he puts his head down and he looks for somebody to run over. <laughs> and then he's on kick return too, and he's just trying to run over whoever he sees. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Tell him to keep doing that stuff. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> now, now they go to Arizona State this week, and uh, I told him he better. Uh, you better uh, drink plenty of electrolyte, electrolyte, because uh, it's gonna be a hot one there. Yeah, well, it's pretty hot here today, man. I mean, I don't know if this oh, heat's gonna continue God. all the way through Sunday, uh, but uh, they're letting schools out early in Pittsburgh. It's so hot today. What? Yeah, did you know that? Mm-hmm. The public schools are out two hours early. Yeah, like two dozen districts. Wow, parents are pissed. Totally. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Oh, I could not even imagine that. That's crazy. I did not know that. Oh. Yeah, I never had school canceled because of heat. Plenty of times for the snow, but never for the heat. Yeah. Even down in Georgia, we never had school canceled because of heat. And that's crazy. Telling you. Um, Is that why Le'Veon didn't yeah. come? Because he thought it was canceled because it was yeah. too hot? Yeah, Le'Veon was told it was too hot. He didn't have to show up. I think he was trying to get his last pool day in um, <laughs> for, before Labor Day. You know, um, most pools close on Labor Day. So. Doesn't it, Cam, uh, just a little bit, does it Does it irk you just a little bit to see the video on his Snapchat of him sitting in the beach right now? <laughs> uh, not really. Um, you know, we want, him, we want him here, but... You want him rested. Uh, you want, right. Sure. Yeah. A lot of vitamin D. <laughs> and I, I guess he's got to work on his tan. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but uh, I just, you know, when he gets here, he gets here. But uh, I just don't put a lot of stock in the when he's not here. Um, I, I expect him to be a professional and take care of his body and do a, what what's all needed. But, uh, you know, until then, you got to go with James Conner and, you know, Ridley because, uh, you know, they've been putting in the time and the work. Mm-hmm. So if he shows up tomorrow, all is forgiven, I would imagine. But after that, you guys might kind of raise an eyebrow a little bit. Uh, you know, they might have to put out some uh, wanted signs, but uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, uh, I I I want him here. Trust me. I think everybody on the team with the Steelers, we understand that Le'Veon's a great talent. But I, I think we're just excited because you know, um, if Le'Veon doesn't show up. James Conner is going to be getting the ball, um, and I think everybody's excited to see what he does this year. You know, he's putting a lot of time with his body. Um, you know, he he looks more, you know, uh, decisive in his runs. Uh, and, you know, it's nothing against Le'Veon, but, you know, James has just been putting in time, and mm-hmm. you got to be excited for guys like that. 
Were you as surprised as uh, a lot of us were about Landry not uh, uh, remaining with the team? To be honest with you, I was surprised. You know, I thought Landry had done well, and um, you know, he, he had been our backup quarterback for some time now. Um, but you know, that's why our scouts and our our GM get paid the way they do. You know, they understand the business and what needs to go on. Um, I don't know if it was a knock on Landry, but you know, I think it was. They wanted to have younger quarterbacks, and um, you know, there's going to come a time where they're going to have to find other D linemen other than me. Um, that, that's part of the game, and uh, it's the crappy part of the game. And you never want to see a guy cut. Uh, I, I know uh, what the type of person he is, and what he brings to the table, um, and he had learned a lot in his time here. Um, you know, and uh, it, it was just. Uh, bittersweet to see him go but you know you gotta you gotta tip your hat to you know Josh Dobbs because you look at the way he played in that game uh you can't say that wasn't a factor right so let me ask you this week one you're going against the Browns they've been featured on HBO's Hard Knocks have you watched Hard Knocks no oh man (laughs) Uh, you're missing an opportunity here think of all the good stuff you could be using on the field Sunday if you knew all these backstories there's you think Uh, we got drama they got tons of drama over there I think I think uh, that's besides the point you know I think uh, you you watch that and you start to feel sorry for him I don't want to feel sorry for him on Sunday (laughs) you feel sorry for him you do by the way you do feel sorry for him when you watch it I can attest to that (laughs) Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to be thinking about that. I want to go into the game thinking, I want to destroy every Cleveland Brown in the stadium, yeah. including the fans. <laughs> and you know, for me to watch that and you know be eating popcorn or you know and watching that, uh, it's not going to get the job done. Uh, you know, knowing their stories and them saying, "Oh, we got to win one. Oh, we got to finally do this." No, that's not going to happen this time around. Will there be any conversations with uh, Todd Haley? If he's screaming, I, I plan to let him have it. Uh, well, he's going to be you know, screaming, uh, right? I mean, that's what he does, right? Oh, that is that is tied to a T. So if it, if I make my way to a sideline, I'll I'll, I'll let him uh, in on a couple things. You got to do like the <laughs> you got to do like the, the the mechanical bull move, like to just show him one of those. You know, like you're riding a, a rodeo horse. Well, I think if it's going to the sideline, I'm just going to aim for Todd and knock him over and just tell him to get up. Oh I'm no, you'll break his other hip, man! You're going to break his other hip. Yeah, I'm just glad he wasn't in Tequila Cowboy this time. <laughs> So Sunday uh, is game one for you guys, and uh, it would seem to me that it would be easy to sort of start anew and forget everything that happened last year, but is any part of how last season ended playing into your motivation going into Sunday? Not really. Um, You know, teams are different. I don't think there's one team that stayed the exact same. Um, I'm just excited. you know, excited about the challenges we go through the season. Excited that uh, you know we get the opportunity to compete for a Super Bowl and then going well in the regular season and then to the playoffs. Um, you know, I, I just you know you got to have that fire burn right now because um, uh, you know you, you only got 16 games to prove it. And I know it seems like a lot, but it's not. And uh, you know, I just uh, am excited for this season. You know, uh, you know the the story hasn't been written for this year, and you know, the story was last year didn't reach where we wanted to reach. But uh, 
you know, uh, let's, let's rewrite it. Cam, did you end up spending any time in Cleveland over your Labor Day weekend? I did. My son uh, went to the air show there. They had a, a pretty good time. Um, and then I had to go to Cane's. Uh, if you don't know about Cane's, it's like this little chicken finger spot that they, they have a chain in Columbus and all over. Uh, but we don't have one in Pittsburgh, so I'm pretty bummed. So I got to do that. And uh, that was about it. There wasn't much in Cleveland. Anybody say hello? Uh, there were actually a, a couple of Pittsburgh fans that weren't afraid to say they were Pittsburgh fans. So, you know, uh, I'm glad they're still representing. Um, well, it's probably tougher wife, to admit you're a Browns fan in Cleveland these days than being a Steeler fan. <laughs> well, like my wife's friends are all Browns fans, and they're just like, "Yeah, we just we just cop this one up. You know, we don't we don't really care when we play you guys when we play everybody else." Cam Hayward with us this Sunday. Steelers and Browns, it's a 1 o'clock kickoff. We'll be uh, watching and broadcasting all of the coverage starting four hours before that kickoff, 9 a.m. here on the flagship of the Black and Gold 102.5 DVE. Last thing for you, Cam, uh, the defense has a new look this year. Is there any one facet or any one member of that defense that you are excited about? Oh, um, man. You know, I, I get it. It's like everybody works on something different in the off season, so I'm I'm always curious to see uh, what what applies to the season. Um, you know, I think Artie has you know become even better than he was last year mm-hmm. and grown a lot more. Um, you know, in the D line, you look at Stephon too; he's finally finally healthy. Uh, Hargrave and uh, Dan have been you know battling it out, um, and I think Dan's made a lot of progress progress. Uh, this year, so I look excited for him. Um, you know, Tyson Alawalu, um, you know, everybody thinks of him as our backup, but, you know, he's he's the guy that, you know, makes us uh, a complete unit where we're able to be interchangeable. Um, but then you look at young guys like Matthew Thomas and Terrell Edmonds, and you say, what are they going to be able to do? Because they're going to get some time here or there, and, um, you know, Matthew Thomas might be playing more special teams, but you know, he's bound to make some big plays. Uh, you saw it in the Carolina game, and, you know, that kid's got a lot of speed, a lot of talent. He's just putting it together. He's just putting it together. Was he the biggest surprise defensively this, this offseason? I, I think so. Um, you know, I, I read – I was uh, reading our meters, and he was running 22 miles per hour in multiple preseason games. Um, just to put that in context, you know, Mark Tavis was running that when he was here. Um, and so it was, uh, it oh, was, you're getting, uh, are you encounter. you getting pulled over? No, the ambulance is going down the wrong side of the road and is blocking me right now. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll no, just over. give it a swim move and move past it. <laughs> <laughs> We're past it. We're good. We're good. Cam Hayward, the Pittsburgh Steelers sponsored by Dawn's appliances this morning on DVE cam. Thanks so much for your time. Go get them on Sunday. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. All right, man. We'll see you. Coming up, Val Porter has a news update for you here on the D. Uh, What do men want in a mistress? Happy bowels. The website (laughs) should probably be on the list. The website, Victoria Milan, asked 5,000 cheaters what they look for in a mistress. That's another one of those cheating websites. What I'm looking for in a mistress. Willingness. Number one on the list, long hair. (laughs) 
tops the list. You know, not for nothing, but my wife at home's got that mommy hair, and I'm just like, you know, I get it. It's a pain in the ass and everything, but I kind of like when you look like a horse. Long, flowing locks. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Still fighting it. I'm on day eight, but I'm getting past it. You certainly sound better than you did last Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever day Tuesday. that was. Yeah, it was bad. I had a couple days where I couldn't talk, much to the delight of people everywhere. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> Did you walk around with a bunch of NXS cards and just have different phrases on huge cue cards? See, I would have gone with that as a Bob Dylan reference, mm. since that was a takeoff on Bob Dylan's- I grew up in a different time. Subterranean <laughs> Homesick Blues. Uh, but- the the Zycam really did it. Let me tell you what. It helped you out? Yeah, that stuff's good, man. That's good. Stuff works. I don't know, though. Guys, like, it'll take two days off your sickness. You're oh, gonna, I thought you, your life. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. No. The the Zycam, and there was something else, that if you do it, it'll take a couple of days off the end of the cold. But Zinc? 10 to 14 days is what they, they tell you. It was a bad one, man. Yeah. I heard Heinz Field is going to have a Zycam this uh, this season. That's pretty cool. Where they just find two sick people and then they <laughs> just, sneeze on each other. <laughs> they just show them the whole game. Who's going to make it through without snotting on the other <laughs> one? <laughs> I had a couple of those like just absolute like s- sneezing fits where I thought like organs were going to fly yeah. out of my nose. Oh, that hurts. That's good. And just starts like every time my brother Charlie sneezes. By the way, he's coming up this weekend to celebrate. His being a part of the undefeated Mountaineer team from 1988. Oh, good! So Exciting. yeah, I'll be psyched to see him and That's see him, awesome. him and uh, Major Harris and the and the boys out on the field this Saturday. I can't remember who they play. Make sure you sneeze on them. Every time my brother sneezes, though, it's like it sounds like the Tasmanian devil just entered the room. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I sneezed every single time, man. That's a dad sneeze. Yeah, it's like he uses it as an opportunity. To just like shout demons out of his body. (laughs) It's an exorcism of sorts. Release me from your (laughs) (laughs) So it'd be great to hear him sneezing and farting and leaving upper deckers and whatever else he he does. (laughs) The dude has the record. I don't know if you have a brother like this for deucing and not flushing. Like, no. Four. Ever when we were kids, all the time because he thought it was hilarious, and he would turn the heat lamp on. Oh my oh. god! Because there, we had one of the bathrooms with those. Wait, old does school... he work here? Because I <laughs> think he's been floor. doing it in our bathroom. Oh my god! He, for he, six years, he would just leave it for me and my two other brothers, and we'd be like, "Oh, dude!" And it would just be baking in a red light. And those old school. Do you remember those old school heat yeah, lamps from like the seventies? Like we had one. Yeah. And you turn them on, and, and they all go this, hum. Yeah, they hum. <laughs> How were yeah. those not and a fire yellow. hazard? How did they burn down? Se- I like I loved them houses. though. Oh, we definitely had one right out of our shower. Yeah, because when, when you got out of the shower, you're like, oh, heat lamp. This is nice. Look at me all warm in here. That's when, uh, whenever they had the, you're not fully clean until you're zestfully clean with the. Was that the towel or was that the lever 2000? I can't remember. Whatever like commercial, zest. I thought that's how you had to dry off. So <laughs> to this day, I still like put the towel in each hand and give it a yeah. nice little back, back and, and forth. forth. As long as you're not standing in front of the window, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> At any rate, uh, we're all good here. Healthy start to the NFL season. Val, today 
was day one. It's Steeler Tuesday. It's Steeler Tuesday. That's right. <laughs> so uh, it was cool. Pre game so- starts in an hour, I think. Pre game does start at 9 a.m. for the 1 o'clock kickoff Sunday. And I'm uh, I'm glad it's on the road. I didn't want to have to have a home game this weekend. You want to ease into the season? Well, because yeah. you got Friday night's the Outlaw Fest at uh, Key Bank Pavilion out there. Willie Nelson, Van Morrison. I heard Van Morrison. I was worried that he was only going to put on a short set, mm-hmm. and I heard it is not. It is yeah. a long Van Morrison set. Oh, uh, I thought you meant he was going to wear shorts. I was like, I hope he doesn't. Oh, dude, if he does, I'll be set. so psyched. <laughs> if he goes out it there, like, be hot this he's year. in pants or this week. He's wearing lederhosen. <laughs> well, that's a must see then. So there, there's that, and then Saturday night, I'm closing down Johnny Cash Night at the Elks on the North Side. Oh, and put together wonderful. a band, which is basically uh, me and Paul Luke and uh, and uh, Chad Sipes. Oh, cool. Joe Zlowski, kid named Donnie Bell. And Are you going to use the name Cash Me Outside? That is so good. I thought about doing the Paul Bearers just because, you know, he's such a fixated with death kind of guy. I like it. But uh, I don't know. I don't think we're even going to do a name. I'll do the Cash Me Outside. I think I like that the best. <laughs> so the that's walk, Friday, Saturday. To have to have gotten up su- Sunday yeah, morning. go to a tailgate. It would stink. Yeah, you can just hang out on the couch. Relax. Can't wait. Just throw some barbecue on the table. And go at it. Did you get down to the BBQ Fest this week? I didn't. But I was down there on Thursday night for the game, so I did partake in a few ribs. I wanted to get down there to see the Clarks on Saturday night. I just was still a little too under the weather. I had a great Mm -hmm. time, though. I played with Paul Luke Band Friday night at the South Park Amphitheater for the last of the Allegheny County Summer Concert Series shows. He and Kayla Skirman put on a great show. Great crowd. That's awesome. Bill Deasy sat in, did Lost in America with the band. That was pretty cool. And then Sunday night looked packed at Hartwood for uh, Uprooted, the newest incarnation of Rusted Root that Michael Glubicki is putting out there, while Rusted Root's sort of on a hiatus. They uh, played with Meeting of Important People, and it looked like it was, from all the pictures I saw, just slammed. I bet. Just jammed out there. So I'm so psyched to hear that and uh, glad and appreciative of Bill Deasy and all the great work he did this year. Because Good lineup. He, he every did year. Of a lineup. Every year we get these free concerts that are just kick-ass. I mean, there was no Boss Skaggs, but I mean, other than that, <laughs> pretty, pretty good. I'm not sure they want to risk that again. Dude, what a debacle. <laughs> 25,000 people showed up to see Boss Skaggs. <laughs> <laughs> and then they immediately capitalized on it by booking him at the Carnegie Library. It is like $1,000 a ticket. There you want Boss up close, you got to pay. <laughs> we got Val. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. 11. It's 77 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. A South Carolina woman is facing murder charges after police say she admitted it to admitted to poisoning her husband's drinks with eye drops. Lana Clayton of Clover, South Carolina, was arrested Friday after an autopsy found high, concentra- high concentrations of tetrahydrosoline. A chemical found in eye drops like Visine. Her husband, Stephen, died July 21st, but until the autopsy, everybody thought he had just fallen down the stairs. Uh, apparently, it took just three days of eye drops poisoning to kill the man. Police oh have God. not disclosed a motive. I, I thought that just gave you diarrhea. Yeah. I didn't know that could kill you. That terrifies mm. me because that seems like a pretty easy way to kill people. Right. Undetectable. Boop. You hear that? And yeah. how much? 
I, I like. Do you just need a few drops? Do you squeeze the whole? Like, right, right. Well, you got to be smart. Can't do too much, or they'll taste it. Is it a painful death? I don't know. Probably removes blotches. Yeah, you die clear eyed. Yeah. <laughs> Are lunch breaks a thing of the past? A new survey found fifty one percent of U.S. workers feel like they can't take a real lunch break. 30% say they just eat lunch at their desk while they keep on working right through lunch hour. You, you do that. You do that. Well, that's more so because our hours are weird. Mm-hmm. Like if I leave for lunch, I don't want to come back because, you know, I put in my day already. You right. Just, you just want to get the hell out of here. That's a seven-hour day. If I go to lunch, I don't want to come back for an hour or two. So I just eat at my desk and work. If I go to lunch, I'll never come back. Keep working. Your desk is more is probably dirtier than a toilet seat, though. Probably, yeah. Everything's dirtier than the toilet seat. Because the toilets get cleaned. I'm starting to think that the toilet seat should be a place we hang out more <laughs> often. Because every time they do a test on your phone, your workplace, yeah. your computer keyboard. The ice machine. They're always comparing it to a toilet seat, and they're always dirtier than a toilet yep. seat. In other food-related news, a new survey found the average person will eat 731 pizzas, whole pizzas, in his or her life. That's 5,847 slices. I'm a smash D just for you. So good. <laughs> survey also narrowed down the most popular toppings. Top five, mushrooms, number one. No way. I love mushrooms. I think, But they're not number one overall. Pepperoni, number two. Then it's ham, chicken, tomatoes. Ham. ham. He got mad at ham. <laughs> ham. Ham. <laughs> no ham. You got Denzel mad. Slice my has, ham. Slice has meatballs. Got on me. <laughs> I had driftwood uh, oh, pizza. Hi. For, hey, hey, hello. Did you get a text from Ham? Somebody just thanks for the, yeah. having my back. <laughs> The Ham Council? No, I just got uh, hate texted by Boar's Head. <laughs> I ate a Driftwood this weekend. At, I don't know if you've been I there yet. I don't know where I've never heard of it. It's on Butler. It was, a, they were like a mobile pizza. Oh, uh, you know what? I think I have heard of them. Oh, and yeah. Now they have a brick and mortar place on Butler, and it's really good. Highly recommend it. The bread is so good. I mean. Is it a pizza place? Yeah, but they use their own fresh bread and uh, like yeah. shells and stuff. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Some of the weird toppings that made the survey include sweet corn, tandoori chicken, tuna, and prawns. No one's putting tuna on no, pizza. No, but none no. of that. Seafood no pizza is great, but not with tuna where would Where do you ever have that? Right across the street at Vincent's. It's right, got. Well now you've put me in an awkward what's position. In it? It's got clam. I think it's clams, shrimp, and scallops with a nope. like a white, like a garlic sauce. Oh, it's so good. I don't. That's not your pizza fix, though. You don't get a pizza fix from that. It might be delicious, but like that doesn't check the pizza box for me. Pizza, maybe. I would get it every time I went there. Really? Yeah, it was good. Bill Val's weird because you can get regular pizza anywhere. Like you can get a pepperoni pizza anywhere. It's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's like the good thing to get. Good thing about it. Yeah. Uh, Here's another study they (laughs) probably did not have clams need to do. People who are in on-again, off-again relationships are more likely to have anxiety and depression than those in stable relationships or even single people. Yeah. Uh, counterpoint, maybe people who have anxiety and depression just don't aren't good at relationships. Normal relationships. Not because they're not in relationships. It's the chicken or the egg. Right. Maybe argument. one orders ham. 
And I think they do this every year. They ask kids to identify items that people older than them know, but maybe they are not familiar with. 86% of kids could not identify a pager. That's good. 71% didn't know uh, they uh, didn't know didn't know what a floppy disk was. Sorry, lost my place here. Yeah, my girls, no question. They would have no idea what either of those two things are. Cassette tapes. 40%. I mean, they could figure that out. No idea. Videotape, 37%. Do you still have a cassette player? No, uh, I think we do in the garage. Yeah, yeah. I got a boom box. Do you? In the garage, is it, yeah. But, but I, yeah, everyone but has like an Iowa, like, you know, it's it has it's not a real boom box. I just got rid of all my cassettes. What'd you do with them? Gave them to Goodwill. You gave cassettes to Goodwill? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Why didn't you tell me this? I would what? have taken them. Are you serious? Yes. Do you know how I would have loved to have gone through your cassette collection? <laughs> was it just It was a wide variety of mix stuff. Mix after Yacht Rock mix? The problem is, is when you work in radio, she probably, you probably had a bunch of crap that you needed yeah. to listen to that was just the record company sent to you. I think there was probably a Britney Fox cassette in there. And Dude, what's wrong with Britney Fox? Just never got into them. It's not a check. Why'd you? I didn't think. <laughs> I had no idea who it was. Brittany Fox. Did she have uh, a pager? Mm-hmm. 27% don't know what a typewriter <laughs> is. <laughs> Come on. What's that Which I, with all the look, keys on it? I wasn't around when the phonograph was around, but I mean, I know what it is. At some point, you have to be like, mm, get your head out this of your This kid is dumb. You're a dummy. <laughs> 26% of kids don't know what a record player is. Yeah, you're stupid. Now, this surprises me that it's not a higher number. Only 23% don't know what a postcard is. Like, who sends postcards anymore? You just take a picture on your phone. Well, funny you should mention that. My daughter just got a postcard from her friend. Well, that's great. Over the summer, yeah. But it was was old-timey, it felt like. I was like, whoa. It is. I I didn't know you could still do this. I found a couple uh, old postcards when I was... Because I haven't worked on right. the house, I had to clear Wish stuff out. Wish you were here. Yeah, just I forgot how much I enjoyed getting a postcard. Oh, yeah, somebody's thinking of that you That person on their thought about me long enough to write something down, put a Go stamp on it, it, and then mail it. Got to find a post office when you're at the beach or wherever. Yeah. Email. Email, texting, screwed us out of everything. Social media. 9% unable to identify a disposable camera and 5% have never seen a rotary phone. Hmm. Yeah, I bet a lot of kids grow up kids without Kids don't phones. know what a landline is anymore. So there you go. <laughs> that's, that's the last there thing you go. on the list. Kids are dumb. I'm Val Porter. <laughs> Finally, for anyone hoping for a journey reunion because Steve Perry has... He wasn't in hiding, but he has kind of resurfaced. Yeah. He said he would rather concentrate on his solo career rather than reuniting with Journey. He said, quote, we've kind of gone our separate ways. Arnell is a great singer and he's been in the band for 10 years. I don't think that's where I'm at right now. End quote. Uh, Steve Perry will release Traces, his first album in 24 years. That comes out October 5th. I've been faithfully a fan for so long. 
I have open arms should they ever want to. <laughs> Forecast uh, today, hot and humid. Possibility of a shower this afternoon. Temperatures in the low 90s, but a heat index near 100 today. It's 76 at DVE. Landry Jones released by the Steelers, and Josh Dobbs is a rocket scientist. Everything will be fine. Mike Pursuta with a full sports report next. Lev Bell seemingly taunting the team and his teammates. Sending out Snapchats of him sitting on the beach. Will he report tomorrow? Well, one Steeler is sure that he will. Mike will have the full report when we come back. Don't forget, the Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. Perrytown Draft House in Westview. $2 Bud Light 20-ounce drafts during all Steeler games. Perrytown Draft House in Westview. That's your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show, 9.30 on the nose. And, Mike, the Steelers surprising a lot of people with the release of Landry Jones this past weekend. Yeah, and I bet uh, Ben Roethlisberger and Landry Jones were among those surprised. But uh, they have done it. They have decided to go with inexperience behind Roethlisberger. Josh Dobbs listed as the number two on the depth chart that was released for the regular season opener this Sunday in Cleveland. Mason Rudolph, a third-round pick this year, is number three. And uh, Landry Jones and his experience uh, out the door. Ben Roethlisberger had said during camp that he really uh, relied on Landry Jones, that Landry Jones helped him in-game, just giving him a sounding board and another set of eyes and a guy he could talk to during the games to pick up things that he was maybe uncertain about. But... uh, uh, ben Roethlisberger will not have to forge a relationship with Josh Dobbs as uh, the Steelers turn the page and get ready for the Browns in 2018. Josh Dobbs, a guy who uh, looked better starting in the spring and had himself uh, a pretty good training camp that was capped by an exclamation point performance in the preseason finale against Carolina. I do think, you know, I played well tonight. I think I, whatever impression I made, I think I made a good impression on whoever. So um, hopefully it's not a last impression. Hopefully, you know, it's just another impression of many to come. So that's the plan. I just want to go play ball, and um, it will all work out in the end. I'll let them. They, it's ultimately their decision. So I, can't, I don't really have too much say in it, and I can't let that affect my play. You know, I just got to go out, play ball, um, and just go out and play the game I love. You know, he becomes, uh, the way this worked out, the quintessential example of what coaches always talk about going into training camps. Don't count guys at your position. Don't try to figure out what your spot is or if you have a spot or what your role is going to be. Just go out and play as well as you can. Show us what you got, and we'll figure it out. Control what you can control. He he was dead man walking from the time that it was uh, echoing into the uh, atmosphere that the Steelers had drafted Mason Rudolph. Yep. Or so it seemed. And it didn't work out that way. So lesson lesson learned by him and uh, maybe example provided for others. Uh, the other uh, big development uh, over the Labor Day weekend, which ran through yesterday, was that Le'Veon Bell did not show up and sign his franchise tag tender. He is still not on the roster. Kevin Colbert, the Steelers general manager, issued uh, a statement expressing that the Steelers were disappointed. Le'Veon Bell chose not to do that. We'll see what he does tomorrow. I think he shows up. If he doesn't, oh, 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 the sands through the hourglass will move fast. The world, it will turn. The soap opera. 
It will move forward. It's, it, it certainly will outside the uh, practice facility and outside of Heinz Field. Uh, defensive captain Cam Hayward on the DVE morning show today said uh, the players are going to have a, you know, take things uh, as they come type of approach to this. Uh, they're not going to lose sleep over Le'Veon Bell's absence. You know, when he gets here, he gets here. But uh, I just don't put a lot of stock in the when he's not here. Um, I, I expect him to be a professional and take care of his body and do a, what, what's all needed. But, uh, you know, until then, you got to go with James Conner and, you know, Ridley because, uh, you know, they've been putting in the time and the work. They have uh, Stephen Ridley, not a guy who should be forgotten in this equation, uh, particularly as long as it does not include Bell. James Conner is better and, and looks more reliable this year and looks like a guy you can play and, and get production Can he out block? Of. Ridley is a guy who has done it in the league, not recently, but uh, he had two really good years for New England in 2013 and 2014, rushed for uh, combined uh, 2,000-plus yards in those two years. Uh, he's had a uh, rough go of it since, but he pronounced himself back after that Carolina game as well. And I'm on it right now. And uh, I'm not saying that being cocky or anything like that. I said it as humbly as possible. Uh, the last couple of years have been tough. And I've just been waiting for this shot to get back on, on the field in between the white lines and show what I can do. So uh, I'm ready to play. And um, I, I, I said that a long time ago. And I've just been waiting on my opportunity to show and present itself. And I'm very thankful for it. So uh, I just have to keep stacking those days and make sure they're more positive days than negative. And I'll keep pushing forward. And that's what I'm going to do. Steelers at the Browns on Sunday. They announced their captains uh, yesterday. Ben Roethlisberger and Marquise Pouncey, your offensive captains. Pouncey, the first time he's been in that capacity since sharing it with Roethlisberger in 2013. It's the uh, 10th time Roethlisberger has been named an offensive captain. Cam Hayward, your defensive captain, and Chris Boswell, the special teams captain. Boz signing a big contract, getting the uh, getting the C. And speaking of uh, special teams, uh, the Steelers uh, re-signing safety Nat Burhe yesterday. They placed linebacker Ola Adeni on the reserve injured list. He had a hamstring injury in the preseason finale against Carolina, so he'll miss at least six weeks. I'm too excited about what Ola might be able to do. Me too. And what Thomas might be able to do. Me too. <laughs> I get excited about the unknowns. Like, no, nah, this could be the answer to everything. Very usually, usually ra- it's not. Very rarely is it even anything approaching that. Thomas, I think, is really intriguing. Uh, just the, he the, burst the, out of nowhere. The physical he, skill he runs set. twenty-two miles an hour. He had a he had problems at Florida State, and uh, he he talked about those after the Carolina game about how that's he knew that's why he wasn't drafted, but he's felt as if he could do this all along. He, He's a very he's capable enough to play in the NFL. He's not a out of nowhere story uh, based on what he thinks he can do. Undrafted rookies are what they are. Uh, they're not not usually expected to come in and be difference makers. But uh, if he can help them on special teams, we saw them try to come up with some packages as the preseason went along to get him on the field with the defense. And uh, stay tuned because that defense needs help. All more, the more hands on deck uh, defensively, the better. Uh, Mike Tomlin uh, will meet the media today and uh, set the table for the upcoming opener in Cleveland. Got to mention the uh, Pirates because of what Trevor, Trevor Williams did again yesterday. 5-1 to one over the Reds, and yeah, the Pirates aren't going anywhere at 
67 and 71, and they uh, threw up the white flag over the weekend by trading David Fries and uh, Echeverria for prospects over the weekend. But Trevor Williams, six and two-thirds scoreless innings against Cincinnati in that 5-1 win yesterday. His ERA in his last nine starts is 0.66. His ERA after the All-Star break is 0.72. The uh, Major League record, if there is such a thing, right. is Jake Arrieta's 0.75 after the All-Star break in 2015. That was the year he basically refused to give up runs in the second half and dominated the Pirates <laughs> in the wild card game. Yeah. Trevor Williams is better than that right now. In the and it's a, sh- it's a shame it's gotten lost. Mm-hmm. It uh, It is something to think about going into next year. Something to build on. Even if you no longer or have. something to trade. David or Freeze something to trade. And Denny Echeverria. So there's that. You think you're excited for football? Well, I'll tell you where they're even more excited. Prison. I'll explain <sighs> when we come back. DVE. Just for details. It's Randy Bauman in the DVE Morning Show. Mm-hmm. When fantasy football was invented in the 60s, there wasn't any internet. People had to run their drafts in person. You're typing away over there. Look at all the stats <laughs> in the newspapers each week, then crunch the numbers. I mean, this was an arduous task week by week. Now, of course, uh, the rotisserie baseball leagues had to do something similar. Uh, they were named rotisserie baseball because I think the guys met an actual like rotisserie chicken restaurant mm. when they started it. So that's how the rotisserie league thing got started. If I remember correctly, anyways. But USA Today just did a big write-up on how that system still exists today. The manual process of... Lots of paperwork. Paperwork and and stuff. Because that's how they do it in prison. Yeah. That's right. Restricted internet there. That's right. So gambling's not allowed either. So it kind of happens on the slide. They do it for... Are they allowed to do it for cigarettes? Is that gambling? Or one oh, yeah. Or they else? definitely shoot <sighs> dice. And... Or one else they do it for. But fantasy football <laughs> is uh, still very popular in jails. O.J. Simpson was in four different leagues while he was locked up in Nevada. <laughs> Did he win? I don't know the answer. Uh, Mike Vick has talked about giving fantasy advice to other inmates when he was locked up. Now, he was locked up for something that had to do with gambling in a way. Yes. In a big way. So they got to rely in on the box scores way. in newspapers. They get letters and phone calls from family members who also give them handwritten spreadsheets and stuff. I mean, this takes a while, but they have the time. Yeah, so does making toilet wine, but there you are. A lot of prisons try to stop it because if gambling's involved, it can th- make things dangerous, but some officials say it adds a sense of camaraderie, too, and guys who yeah. normally never talk will hang out, compare stats. Might start fights, though. Sure, you know. Maybe the Latinos and the Aryans get together to try and figure out what the 49ers are going to do that week. You never know. (laughs) This might be the thing that brings everyone together. You don't get your trophy. Somebody's getting shanked. What did you guys uh, think of the controversy over the weekend, which I thought was really a non-story, but uh, the actor Jeffrey Owens being outed for working at a Trader Joe's after having been a member of the Cosby Show cast for years, he played the boyfriend, I believe, Elvin. What was that his name? 
That mm-hmm. sounds right. Something like that. Yeah, I think yeah. he was the husband. So he was being like uh, fame shamed. Fame shamed. Like, look at this jackalope. He's bagging groceries now. What a fall from grace. Now, a lot of people. Like, it really wasn't that far of a fall, guys. That's kind of what I thought. He, he had one role as far as I've, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else. Not like he had a writing credit on the Cosby show. So a lot of people came to his defense, and it just became like most things that people argue about on the internet, a pointless waste of time as far as I'm concerned, because yeah. there was no real shame. It was a clickbait article mm-hmm. that, you know, was success- successful because it drew attention to itself by being, uh, you know, less than above board about it you know because they didn't really care of course it's honorable to have a job nobody thinks for a minute that what he was doing was shameful or that he should have been embarrassed by he was on good morning america this morning oh was he let me tell you what i would do if i was an actor of the caliber of jeffrey owens or someone you know one of those like you know kind of secondary characters on a show like that like if i was the guy who played cockroach on the cosby show or something like that right and you know (laughs) he's probably not cockroach is probably not doing shakespeare right now safe to say no Cockroach in the park? Probably not. (laughs) But if I were working at a Trader Joe's or something like that, and someone came up to me, they're like, hey, were you Richard Stabone on Growing Pains? (laughs) I'd be like, yeah. They'd be like, dude, (laughs) and now you're bagging groceries? (laughs) Oh, what a lame-o you are. I'd be like, dude, I'm filming Cinema Verite right now. (laughs) I'm in a Jim Jarmusch film. He's filming back there behind the cantaloupe. Have you ever seen Undercover Boss? <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Just pretend you're always acting. I think actually, I think Boner's dead though. Yeah, maybe that was the bad call. I think Boner did die. Richard Stabone, the actor who played uh, Richard Stabone. Unfortunately. Whose brother, his name on the uh, program was Sylvester Stabone, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Buddy Lembeck, still alive and well. Yeah, all right. So if you're Buddy Lembeck, maybe, you know, go that way. If you're Willie Ames. Yeah. Probably working at a Quiznos. <laughs> Just be like, crushing it. We're filming a reality show right now. That's all. All you got to do. And in Pittsburgh, you can get away with it because 8 million things are filming here all the time. Right. Mr. Rogers filming here right now. Tom Hanks is popping up all over the place. There's more Tom Hanks stories than there were Troy Polamalu stories back in the day. Tom Hanks showed up and paid for the whole restaurant to have coffee. I saw it. I was there. Boner is dead. (laughs) (laughs) Out of context. Oh, please. Just the greatest. Cut that one out for me, Joe, if you would. That feels like an end of the night. Yeah. Hearing call. <laughs> that is the best. When we have to give you rain checks, uh, we are. <laughs> yeah. Boner is dead. And we are like, Sid is out for the season with an ACL. Just play that clip. Boner is dead. Boner is dead. <laughs> Shouldn't have had that last shot of J-Mo. Any bad news. The end of anything. Any bad news we get from now on is going to be couched with the boner is dead. I was going to play Elton John Loves Lies, the funeral for a friend. Boner is wow, dead. Wow, that's a long one. I'm not going to play the whole thing. Oh, okay. I, I just wanted that synthesizer. <laughs> How did Boner die? Priapism? Not in a good way. <laughs> not no, of natural I think he, causes. I think he offed himself, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess you really should call after four hours. <laughs> That's right, because you never know what's going to happen there. 
Uh, tomorrow on the show, Merrill Hodge returns, and Mark Madden will be joining us as well. And, oh, won't that be fun to talk to Double M after the weekend he had on Twitter? Boner is dead. <laughs> hey, dude, he had a meltdown. He was going nuts. George Thorogood, the Delaware Destroyers, Stevie. Steeler football is back. Season in order. Boner is alive. Boner is alive. Boner is back. He's been resurrected. (laughs) Resurrection of the boner occurs this Sunday. 1 o'clock game against the Browns, 9 a.m. We start the pregame here on the flagship station of the Black and Gold, 102.5 DVE, and I'm very excited for it. More Steeler Talk with Merrill Hodge and Mark Madden tomorrow, and uh, we've got a full slate for you this year. Week in and week out, we will have Steeler Talk each and every day. Strong kickoff today. Uh, Gene Steratore was great. He'll be with us every week. Thanks to Cam Hayward also. So is Captain Cam. Captain Cam. That's uh, sponsored by Don's Appliances. Uh, and uh, a special shout-out, thank you to Pittsburgh musician Reggie Watkins from Steel Town Horse. Reggie was a part of the Aretha Franklin funeral. He was handpicked to be a part of the orchestra that played in memory of Aretha in that 10-hour epic funeral procession this past, well, not procession, but just ceremony. This past, was it Friday or was that Thursday? Friday. Friday. She had four costume changes. <laughs> it's crazy. There was a groping. There was there was all kinds of stuff going Something on. Something for thing. everyone. Yeah. So uh, thanks to Reggie and congrats to him for more success in his uh, tremendous musical career. Go see the Steel Town Horns when you get a chance. He's in Nashville, I believe. He said tonight uh, he's touring with. Um, oh geez, what 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 is postmodern jukebox? There you go, postmodern jukebox. But he's played with all the greats, Reggie Watkins, and he got to play at Aretha's funeral. That was really cool hearing from him. Uh, Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle will also be on the show tomorrow. Don't forget the Pittsburgh Fantasy Football Challenge is back. If you're in prison, this is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) The grand prize for week one, because you only have to get on the computer for a a limited amount of time. It's week in and week out. Week one, you win a pair pair of tickets to the Steelers-Kansas City game in September. Head to dve.com. Won't be able to use those. For rules and registration... You gotta submit a line. Yeah, you can sell them on eBay or something. <laughs> submit a lineup by twelve fifty-five PM Sunday, September 9th. We'll tweet out the link to that. DVE.com slash featured slash Pittsburgh dash fantasy dash football dash challenge. That's a little bit much for people it's a lot to of dashes. It's a lot. Maybe we should come up with something uh can you just go to our website? You can. DVE.com. Speaking of our website, congratulations to uh to Bryce. Our, uh, our our web guru here on getting married this past weekend. Yeah. Did he get married this weekend? He did. Good for Bryce. And uh, we're happy for him. And he was smart enough not to invite too many people from work. Right. <laughs> this is it's, it's his day. It is. It's his special day. Probably felt like that was the one day he shouldn't really get dumped on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm on Team Bryce, hundred <laughs> percent. All is he going to give us the pictures to post out so we can get more hits yeah. on our website? <laughs> We're going to have to post pictures from his wedding in order to get the web hits. But congrats, Bryce. Yes, congrats. Bryce congratulations. Laura. Happy for them. Yes, very happy. A, a romance, so a romance yeah. brewed right here in the halls of iHeart. That's true. Yes, it was. 
like so many before them that have fizzled. This one <laughs> stood, made it. stood the test of time. This one's different. That's right. They kept it underneath uh, and out of the sight of HR long enough <laughs> that they got engaged. Good for them. All right, uh, we're done. Michelle's coming up next with the electric lunch at noon. It's a scorcher out there. Schools will be getting Slowly. out early, so uh, do what you can to stay cool today. The electric lunch is a pretty good way to do that. Give Michelle a call. Tell her what you want to hear. DVE. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.